Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, welcome people to episode 502 of Film Bastards. I completely forgot I was hosting there. And who am I joined by this week? As ever, I am joined by... Becky Foster, hello everybody. And... We literally confirmed 10 seconds before we started that Mark was hosting this week. Ian Loring, hi. He's not a bright man, Ian. <laughs> I just thought, why is no one saying anything? <laughs> and we're also joined by... Jordan Heimer McGrath. Yes, George's here. Um, so what we're reviewing this week? Well, it's Barbenheimer. They cloned Barbenheimer. <laughs> is what we're doing this week. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, we we just we're also going to cover uh, they cloned Tyrone, um, which dropped on Netflix this weekend, and we we Ian was watching it the same night as me and Becky had decided to watch it. And then George uh, was gracious enough to watch it as well. So, George? George. Mm. So yeah, so we've got that. We've obviously got Barbie, we've got Oppenheimer and other bits to come. Uh, we're a pod syndicate podcast, so listen to other pod syndicate podcasts, including The Rewatch Project, Chins vs. Punter, and Gaming Landfill, and other bits and bats that are out there. And Ian, flying through this like a motherfucker this week. What's been happening in the... Good old news this week. And we're going to slow it right down. So, um, <laughs> release dates are starting to shift because of the strike. Strikes. Um, so, Your Ghost Lanthimosis, new one, Poor Things, uh, moved from September to December. That's in the US, so UK might even be January, quite frankly. Um, Challengers has been moved off of its September date. So no horny Zendaya tennis drama fun for George for a little while. We'll be getting that in. Yep, absolutely. Uh, We'll be getting that in the spring of next year. Wow. That'll be be going to Cannes, that's why. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I mean, I I think it probably says that that film's probably quite commercial as well. Mm. Um, You know, spring's a good, like, commercial release date, I think. Um but yes, also, um, de- well, there's speculation that Dune Part 2 is going to move to at least the spring next year. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, these, are, these are all films that, that we got trailers for <laughs> before Oppenheimer as well. Yes, quite. Um, so, 
the the thing with Dune, basically, the next big marketing push is supposed to be in September. So essentially, if there's not positive noises on the strikes within about the next month or so, to be fair, I think if the Screen Actors strike is resolved, then they'll release it. It's you know it, it's that one that's the key, but they're they're probably pretty simpatico at this point. Um, so yeah, it's it's starting to it's starting to bite a little bit. Um, will it'll be interesting to see whether the likes of Apple will also move things? Um, you know, obviously they've got Killers of the Flower Moon and Napoleon, but you would think that those films would want to be released for awards eligibility this year. I mean, unless God forbid they they push them to sometime next year even despite the fact that the flower moon's already fucking played can however one thing that is worth pointing out is uh full festival lineup or autumn festival lineups have started coming out uh just a very quick tangent lff press put us pricing this year slightly ridiculous uh i don't know if we want it this year okay so i'll go quick so the normal press pass is 52 pounds which is fine there is a Press Pass Plus, which is access to industry events that I think you used to get with the Press Pass. Um, and then it's also... Press Pass Pro Max. Yeah, quite, yeah. yeah. Um, no, there's not, but I wouldn't be surprised if they tried it. Um, so, but also, it, it they say... It, it's weird. They say you'll get access to public evening and weekend screenings but also that the original press pass will still have some sort of ballot for those tickets. So whether it actually means there'll be a set number of tickets aside for press pass plus members, I don't know. But that pass costs £132. So if you are not a professional film critic, and to be fair, there's not a lot of them about these days... um, who would be going, maybe taking time off work for it. Essentially, you can get to the... you With the normal press pass, you can get to the press screenings or you can probably get fucked. Um, I mean, George, I don't know about your experience. Whenever I asked for tickets in the ballots, I barely ever got one. And if I did get one, it was for a very, very like minor key film what what was your experience with those i think yeah it depends obviously depends on the film like you sometimes you get some like we got i actually forgot the name of the film george clooney's um last oh the tender bar the tender bar we we got the tender bar and he was in attendance but that was in um south bank so therefore it was yeah yeah, it was a big old screen they were trying to fill it but yeah if you wanted a smaller one then you don't really have a chance but again it's a with the press passes and the press, like screenings itself, like when we last time I went was two years ago, and there was huge lines there, so therefore, the people who are going will probably go for that press pass. It is a shame for the people who can't, but then again, it's it's one of those you can't have your cake and eat it. You know what I mean? Is if if you really really want to go, you do like most of us, like I've done many times take time off work and that is your holiday i know you're working and you're writing but that's doing something that you love um mm. and if you don't get to a screening because days don't mix up it's it's going to be out in the next month or so it's 
it's it's the entitlement of, of that scene which is the which is the issue but hey i was once part of that scene so i'm not really trying to talk about it in in like negativity um ne- negative terms but I, yeah I, I just for someone trying to break into the industry who maybe also I, yeah, I, I, I don't know, just doesn't earn all that much. You know, like your 16, 17-year-old who maybe has a blog or something like that. 132 quid's not nothing. People don't and especially when... anymore, though. They have YouTube channels, and it's like... It, how, how, I, I wouldn't even know of a 17-year-old who's writing about film anymore. It's video and things like that. It's Hopefully they can make some, some, some money off a YouTube channel where that's easier because it's kind of in your own remit than same to somebody pay me would you if 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 you were like fifth i don't know around the time of eat sleep live film mm. would you would you I was pay 15 that means i'm like 24 now so great <laughs> i mean would you would you spend 132 pound on that pass if it gets you potentially more access to screenings. Over Probably. double what the normal press pass is. Yeah, it all depends on it depends on situations. But like I probably would, but that's because I would have say, seen that as a holiday and it's just another yeah. expense from a holiday. But I think if I was going to like a film festival yeah. and stuff like that, it, I, I would be thinking of it as like as vacation time. Like I want to have a greater idea of of specifically what that pass gets, gets me. Yeah. Mm. So and you don't def- so if you you don't definitely get a ticket for that evening showing or can you actually is there an allotted amount of tickets for press? Because well, they they they've not said that's the thing, but they mm. have said that the ballot thing will still be available for for your bog standard press pass which so if if you're then paying that extra there's got to be a set amount aside mm. for press but then imagine if you're paying that extra you're there for a few days and then you're unable to get in the queue quick enough or something like that and you've you've spent that extra money and basically got fucked by it yeah it, it would be a little bit like paying extra to fucking go to alton towers to get on all the rides to find you still got a queue for as long yeah, it's one of those things though, as well. It's like it's the entire thing of the ballot. Like I remember when I went to Berlin, it was physical. You didn't go to a ballot; you had to go to an actual place and line up, and obviously, and to see if you got a ticket. Like I remember getting up at Christ about quarter six to go line up in a line in the cold Berlin to get snow piece of tickets because it was like the European premiere, and I was like, well, again, it's just one of those like. I really wanted to see the film, so I'd do it. It, mm. it, it, it yeah, it's strange. And again, it's, it's one of those things where would I do it now? No, not not in a million years. Because even though I enjoyed my time at LFF two years ago, it was never ever yet to line up an hour, an hour and ten minutes before an eight o'clock showing, just to get a seat. It's just what I what I was saying. What I'm going to do this year. I'm not. I'm definitely not getting a press pass this year. Um, but. W- what I would say as well for any particularly if there's any kind of folks listening in Wales who were thinking about getting a press pass, maybe younger people. Chapter, the art house in Cardiff, last year did LFF satellite screenings and they were six pound a ticket. 
And don't get me wrong, like, not everywhere are they that cheap. I remember Noel saying something like Glass Onion was, like, 20, 25 quid at the Everyman mm. um, by him. But, like, you know, it, even if they're not £6 this year, 132 quid would get you 22 tickets if they were £6. Even if they were a tenner, that would be 13 screenings. That's probably that's that's probably more than the amount of satellite screenings they'll have. But they those screenings are also the bigger films and they play basically the same day as they do at LFF. Mm. So, you know, I saw a couple years back, I saw Titan. Um, I, uh, I saw the harder they fall last year. Um, there's something else I saw last year and it, it's completely dropped out of my mind, but I, you know, I, I, I don't know. I just feel like if you're going to think about all that expense to get to London and whatnot, you're doing your YouTube and, you know, absolutely. If you want to like concentrate on the smaller films and whatnot, then, you know, absolutely fair play. But if not, and you've got a YouTube channel and you want to get that kind of, that kind of traction, just wait and see what the satellites um, uh, events will be. They'll announce them along with the program launch in September. And, you know, the press pass applications are still open in September, even though this year as well, they're also doing early bird and late fees. So, like, if it, yeah, like, you've got to do it by a certain time to get an early bird price, otherwise, they'll charge you more because uh, they're doing on site processing. Um, but they'll charge you like 20 quid extra for the pleasure. It, it, it's always felt, I was all, I've always been surprised when I've got accreditation. And I kind of think it's because it is a little bit of a money making exercise for the BFI. Um, hugely I mean they, like that, that, that two years ago when I, when I well me and Lauren got accreditation like we were just we were just like a little podcast like I remember back in the day like I remember our first year of, when we did the, mag, the magazine like we didn't get accreditation like and it was just sort of like but I've been gone for like five years like oh no it's like there's, a, it's, there's less people less press allowed now whereas now it is. I think if you actually request it, you get it because they get their fifty quid or one hundred and thirty-two pounds now. But I remember. It, I think that it has always been a weirdness. I think behind the accreditation bit in terms of of how it's. Um, it's funny that you mentioned the first year that you had the magazine because I applied the same year and that year I got accreditation and I remember talking to Dave about it and saying. I don't get this. <laughs> How I got it for a, a a not great blog and you didn't get it for a great magazine. I don't understand. This doesn't make sense. Um, and But now it very much is. I think if if you have either a, a podcast that has over 10 episodes, this most recent one is within a month, or you have some form of landing page for something, I think you'll get it now as long as you're going to pay. Because mm. that's it. Because they're going to charge you. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I find it. I find it quite dispiriting. But I think there's the, the whole. I think with LFF as well, you've also got to look at. Uh, we're looking at it from a um, from an outside point of view, as in, for instance, if, if any of us uh, of, of the four of us were to go to LFF, we're not just paying the one hundred thirty-two pounds you said, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah, not just paying the hundred thirty-two pounds for for that. We're also paying the whatever in excess of a hundred pound that it's going to be to get there. 
and and uh, I and ended then up we're paying sorry then we're paying mm. you know either we stay with somebody if we can if not you're paying even if you went for for three days and two nights you're looking at an, an extra at least a hundred pounds there really? at the very least so you're already saying it's like three hundred quid plus the taking time off work plus the actual then you've got the day so you're already looking at it going right. It's not one hundred and thirty-two pounds. It, it's it's probably going to be in excess of five hundred pounds. But it's a holiday. But but it, it's it's a holiday where you're not even guaranteed to get to see the things you want to see. Yeah, true. true. I mean, so the, the the one thing that... I will the, the one thing I will say though is like last year. It felt like there was more that there was more than enough space at the press screenings. That it, it felt okay. Like there was there was a fucking fat queue for Glass Onion. Mm. Everybody wanted to get in, got in. They did it. I mean, to be fair, they did it in the Odeon Leicester Square with the like the Dolby the Dolby Vision. Um, so it was it was a big old room. Um, so I, I I think for that that extent, it's organised well enough. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I don't know. It just £132 is a fucking spicy meatball. And it I, I can't help but feel like it's going to price out some younger people who are maybe trying to make a foothold. Um, but I, I, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm talking out my ass. But no, anyway. No, I, I, agree. I completely agree with that. But okay, it, it's the unfortunate thing where everything is fucking, out, fucking up the young people. It's like we're talking about the strikes. Now... What I, my little thing with the strikes is, obviously you get the people coming out and talking, and they're normally more famous writers, um, and you're like, well, you've actually made your money, it's about the people coming up, whereas like, I watched a Vox interview, where it was like a Vox, why are people striking interview on YouTube, and this guy had basically written for, well, he broke in Law and Order in the 90s, and he was getting paid 14 grand an episode. And it's just sort of like, and he's, then his royalties on top of that. And you're thinking, how the hell are you not absolutely minted right now? Because Law and Order was a huge story, ran for 22 episodes a season. And yeah, you're not getting paid every every single episode that is made into the ones you're writing on. But then again, your residuals, because Law and Order's on. So like, his contracts are great. But he, he's, he's saying, this is not about me. It's about the younger generation coming up, the people who are, come on. Um, shows now and have to have three or four writing jobs a year and still can't make like payments like there's a again I might talk a little about it a little bit later but there's a writer on the bear where he was literally accepting an award and the guy was broke he made no money there was nothing the Hulu contracts were absolutely awful and there he's like he's like I'm there smiling but I know that I have no money in the bank and it's now one of the most talked about shows, like in the world. Yeah, well, I, I, I sort of a, a similar interview where they were talking to one of the um, writers of Orange Is the New Black, and um, he was saying, and he'd written, I think it was in season two. I think he'd written like six or so episodes, something like that. But a, a, a decent chunk of the of the series, and it, it was he was saying that he was nominated for, I think it was. It might have been an Emmy or something, mm. and he couldn't go to it because he was having to work uh, one of his other jobs uh, as a uh, as a chef, 
that night because he'd made so little out of Orange is the New Black and wasn't just basically said, I, I was getting paid. He said, it wasn't I was getting paid not a lot. I was getting paid virtually nothing at that point. And it was always, it, you'll get it down the line, you'll get it down the line, get it down the line. He said, and then when the actual cheque arrived, it was for $13. That's brutal. And he's like, he said, you know, since then, he said, like, every three months I get a cheque. He said, and sometimes, he said, genuinely sometimes, I can open it up and it'll be, like, for, like, 12 cents. Yeah, but then it, it's also, everything's a double-edged, a double-edged sword, though, isn't it? Because then you start questioning the people who are trying to get into it now and thinking, well, look at all these stories about people not being able to pay the rent and things. Like, where do you think this is now a viable career? It's, it's... I'd, I'd, I'd be fucking terrified if Lottie ever made noises about wanting to get into an industry like that. Mm. And, and and that breaks my heart, you know, but no fucking chance. I wanted to be a plumber. To be honest, yeah. uh, what, what I will say trade. there is yeah. <laughs> from somebody who went to stage school, they are very, very, very adamant from the start, look, Accept the fact that you're probably not going to make a living out of this. This is going to be a passion that you're going to pursue. But accept the fact that you're either going to have to do something else at the same time or just bounce around in hospitality jobs. Accept that. And accept it now. (laughs) Because if you don't, if you think that you're going to become wealthy out of it in the future, you're, you're probably not. So just prepare yourselves, and and you know that was it. And you know I I I got people who who have jobs within that industry uh, that I went to college with that that are just have like their regular jobs within an industry, but most people just get to the point where they go, I can't, I can't do it. It's not, it's not for me. You know, I was like you said it there, Ian. That I I was like I, I can't. I can't live with the idea of of having to balance trying to get work at the same time as having at least one other job to support my life. Hmm. Hmm. I, I. Yeah. I. 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 It's just. It's. It's incredibly depressing. Um. What all. All of this. Uh, and I don't know. I just it, it makes me laugh. That a couple of weeks back, I you know I was just very suck that corporate dick about it all. Quite frankly, and it's like the more you the more of these stories that you hear, it is it is it is powerful, you know. And I, I think I said a couple of episodes back though, you know, it's like it would be different if they were giving people notice of of this all, you know. Like I, I don't know. Don't if if people. 10 years ago knew how bad it was going to get would they have made a different decision in their in their career choices mm. in their fucking lives you know whereas now it kind of feels like it's just the whole ai thing has just massively blown up in the last like 9 months or so and that's completely skewed the picture it feels like if this was be- being done a year ago from like now I do wonder whether this would have been uh, as as much of an issue as it is. Um, yeah. I think the, 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 the residuals is a big part of it, uh, issue of it. They've never managed to kind of square the circle of how the streaming um, 
works the stream residuals work with that and, and what the the studios have done is they've, they've constantly just used it to their advantage 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 to the point of where it, it's gone it's kind of like no this needs to be a this is a fucking make or break with this this idea now you've you we've let you have a little bit and you've just continued to just fucking take more and it, it, it's become unviable you know the the, the problem that the, as, as well that the, the studios are going to hit um, is they're stuck between this fine balancing act of going, well, we can't afford to do this, whilst at the same time also trying to say that, that streaming is still profitable and it's not. It's There's the whole, you know, Disney being accused of, of dropping uh, their own original products so that they don't have to pay residuals and that they can use it to get greater tax breaks. So it, it's very much a... It, it's the, the studios are going to have to give up probably more than they want to. And that's kind of a good thing. Yeah, I'd, it, it, I'd, it's, it's going to be interesting, the whole... It's the whole fact that like exhibition probably can't. A lot of cinemas won't survive another dearth of product. No. And you you'd like to think that now you know over the last year or so, all the people that are like streaming streaming all the way have have turned tail because they realise that films do make money in the cinema. Um, and now are they actually going to put that at risk again? You know, yes, okay, you know, they'll save money on the bottom line for, like, AI-driven stuff, but if no fucker wants to watch it, or it's only on streaming only, they're not going to make nearly as much as they could if they have this stuff in a thriving exhibition circuit. It's... There is a, a little bit of existential threat to the big screen coming with all of this as well, even though it is important to note that a lot of the films for the full festivals are still playing the full festivals. You know, like, they they are set now. They're not planning on moving them. Challengers was, like, the big one. That um, Cohen film, Drive Away Dolls, looks like it might move out of September as well. Um, but, like, Venice is going to have a line-up. TIFF is going to have a line-up. Well, the, so that's something. The thing is, as well, you know, it's... A24 still have, I think, six movies in production that are still in production, and they're still moving along. Because A twenty four have agreed to all of the terms, so they're still making movies. You know there are a few independent studios out there that are still making movies uh, out there. So you, you know, it, <laughs> you might end up with just like in April of next year, just a, a big old month of fucking A twenty four. Give me, give me, give me. Yeah, a child special. Uh, but hey, it it will sort itself out, and it, I mean it will because yeah, it bottom to. lines will start getting affected. Like at the moment, as I've been saying, the studios are basically able to save a shitload of cash. But going into autumn and winter, and then it's like, right, we actually don't have any new products coming up. That's going to hit our financials next year. That's when it, you know, that that's when they'll they'll go to the table again. Not, um, I mean, not only that, it, it, it does cost them to because with there have been films that are at the moment having to be on pause. It, you know, and that yeah, it's costing them 
an awful lot of money to have a film on pause, if just like, even just for a day. Well, what what needs to happen as well? And again, if we spend half hour talk about the strike, but it's in, it's in it's like an interesting subject. It's it's the big it, thing. It is, and yeah. it's they've got to understand and be not be 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 a bit more editorial with content because like per year you used to get fifty to sixty shows a year, right? Now, with all the streaming that's going on and everything, it's it's up to five hundred shows that are sometimes on in a year. It's like sometimes the actual product dilutes, and it doesn't matter if the product's good. It just means there's so much of it that you're not going to get paid the same amount as other as shows in the because it's not as prime. It's no, it's, it's just another thing of that week. Whereas no, you used it. to have pilot season where you had 10 new shows, they'd run for a season, three of them would get cancelled or whatever, and then you get a few more. Now it's just like, it's so much stuff out there that needs writers, but it's it's just mental the amount of content that is being created at the moment. Well, that's yeah. it, you've got the whole idea. The thing is, people will watch something. People will watch something. So you don't necessarily need to give them as much choice as you're giving them sometimes. There's, there's an element, like you were just saying there, just, of a little bit less is more, which leads us into trailer section. <laughs> <laughs> Has anyone seen a fucking trailer this week? I've seen one. Um, I've seen yeah, one. like one that, one that really springs to mind, yeah. Yeah. Um, one thing I think is funny is there's a, there's a new um, Strays trailer out which is basically just an amalgamation of the two ones that already existed. But it feels like Strays should have been out about four times yeah, by now. I was just about to say, when does that fucker come out? August. I'm so sick of seeing that trailer. Middle of August. It, it is, Annoy- it, annoyingly, the Friday after my birthday, so it can't be my birthday watch. Is it not? Cause it, it's, it keeps on getting like delayed for no real reason. Let's fucking get it out already. Um... Yeah, so what, what's the big one? We've, what's, the, what's the one, the big one, and the small one at the same time, that we've all seen? Is it, is it The Exorcist Believer? Yes. Dan, da, Danny McBride cr- contributed to the screen story of an exorcist film. Yep. That's just... I know he did the Halloween films, but... I don't know. The Exorcist. It's like a... It's almost like a sacred text, isn't it? And you've got the guys who just did that Halloween trilogy, which was, let's face it, a mixed bag. Yeah, um, which, which was, you know, if you were to average it out, was probably about a six out of ten. I mean, ha- Halloween Ends really was baffling. <laughs> I, I liked Halloween Ends. I, 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 I need to have another crack at that film. Like the fact that it was more reminiscent of like a Halloween free season of The Witch in terms of mood than a Halloween. I just yeah. I, I still maintain what I liked about Halloween ends is that they just made a Halloween sequel rather than making a final part of their own trilogy. That's a really good that's a really good way of summing that film up. It almost, it almost, I know it probably wasn't intentional, but it almost feels a little bit intentional, and I kind of like it for that. It, it, it very much feels like the sixth in a franchise. Yeah. yeah. 
Like, just the fact that Halloween Kills had that whole, like, evil dies tonight, like, mob mentality thing, and just, like, Michael Myers almost becoming stronger the more the mob attacked him. And that just really fucking depressing ending where, spoiler alert for Halloween Kills, he kills Judy Greer at the end. You know, like, it's just a horrible fucking ending. And then Halloween ends. It's like, right, okay, it's five years later. Uh, there's this guy, yeah? And he's going to do a little bit of Jamie in Halloween 4 and 5. Yeah. How's that? Yeah. What? <laughs> and, 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 and now those guys are doing just the, the most generic looking exorcist sequel you can get. I don't know. I mean, I think it. I, I, I think it looks all right. It looks like it's gonna like be creepy. It enough. I, I'm. I'm a little bit. Alan Burstyn was not really an active participant in the action in The Exorcist. You know, she seek. She seeks out answers and things like that. But in this, it looks like she's almost gonna be like Jamie Lee Curtis in the fir- in, in in the first Gordon Green Halloween. Yeah. And it's like, what, she's going to, like, get her fucking holy water and her cross out and just, like, go, let's go, bitch. Like, I, I yeah. I, new mm. shit. We don't need an Exorcist fucking sequel. I think there's a world where you can make an Exorcist sequel. I think you've got to do. There's been a lot of good possession-type movies. The, the, and The Exorcist, as much as it is, you know... It's a what's the fucking word where it's like really influential? Erotic. <laughs> yeah, it's a very erotic. It's a powerful movie. erotic movie. No, but it's like it's. It, it, Are you it's... thinking of repossessed the uh, Leslie Nielsen? No, one? shut the fuck up. No, what's what's the word for when like it, it it's like influenced everything that's come after it? Microwavable. <laughs> so it's like a pivotal point in like horror movies. Like The Exorcist is seminal. Is seminal. That's the one that I'm looking for. Semen everywhere. So um. It is. It just is. But if you go back and watch it now, like it's it's a good film. It's a script. It's not fucking scary though, at all. No, number three is though. That the one we all like with that weird shot. Fucking hell yeah! <laughs> what a fucking movie! Oh yeah. But but yeah, it's not it's not a fucking scary movie, and this doesn't look like a scary movie. This looks generic as fuck. The thing is, with with the exit, if if it was announced that they were making a a new exit movie. And it was fucking James Wan and Lee Wynell were making it. I would be excited. When it's David Gordon Green and the team behind the Halloween. Halloween ones, I'm a little bit like, yeah, I was intrigued for the Halloween ones. And I probably shouldn't have been. I saw what you did with them. Please don't do that to the exorcist. Mm. But then again, they might surprise us. It just, I feel a little bit like David Gordon Green is a very good filmmaker who is, has just decided to just fucking just he's put the cruise control on <laughs> it, it it's the fact that with that halloween trilogy we knew it was going to be a, a, a trilogy when they announced the second film because mm. it was originally going to be like you, you know um it, 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 it would be out like a year later which it, it, you know it was but obviously covid fucked with the whole kind of like like actually did covid fuck with the schedule i think it did i think it, it did, pushed yeah. it back a year but um yeah it, it doesn't feel like halloween ends it kind of feels like they just wrote it after they did halloween kills it's like right okay yeah we've committed to a sequel all right the last one we got no fucking idea what we're gonna do like i i am 
convinced that when they wrote Halloween Kills, they didn't know what Halloween Ends was going to be because there is fuck all connective tissue between those two films. Mm. And it's like, they've already... So The Exorcist Believer is October. They've already dated The Exorcist Deceiver for April 2025. So then, I don't know, The Exorcist golden retriever will be october 2025 maybe i i uh, it yeah i i don't know it it just with gordon green there is just such a sense of making it up as we go along with his career yeah like it it, yeah it's stunning i think the trailer looks all all right i I, I think it looks better than you guys and obviously george we haven't heard from you yet but yeah i I, yeah, I, I don't know. Did they did they have to have two girls? Because it felt like they wanted to actually have it be a black family, but then they were like, yeah, but we also need a girl who looks like Reagan. Mm. Yeah, I mean, for this, I kind of didn't care until Ellen, Bur- Ellen Burstyn came on screen. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah. she's." I, I completely forgot she was part of it. And I was like, Do right, okay. Leonardo DiCaprio, I mean. Yeah, and then, I mean, The Exorcist is... Without, like, it's one of the best films that has ever been made. But the fact is, as you, as you say, when you, when, you, when you come to it at a later time, in a later age, yeah, it isn't as scary as people thought it was in the 70s, but that's not the lasting sort of legacy of that film. It's like what he says about faith and etc. Et et and this doesn't look like it's got any of that. Um, And, like, yeah, The Exorcist Part 3... I actually think is a good movie, but is it a horror movie? No, it's a police procedural mostly. It's a police with, procedural movie that with, with some really good fucking jump scares. Jump scares. So it's like, if you want to do it, do something different. It, it It's just sad that this just looks like every other... Like, Evil Dead Rise was fine, but Evil Dead Rise, apart from a little bit more gorge, looked like everything else that comes out, which is a shame because those films were different and it's therefore were... Ball, though, wasn't it? There was, but I just I, I got bored after a while. <laughs> my, my thing with with the Evil Dead Rise is it's a little bit like the Ten Cloverfield Lane thing. You you could have not had it be that book, and it, you know, and it, you wouldn't have known it was an Evil Dead Rise. Yeah, it could Dead have been some random artifact or something yeah. that they found. Yeah. Yeah. But then people would be going. That's just like the fucking Evil Dead, though, isn't it? So yeah, like but, they're but, damned if they do. But so much horror is just like other horror. That's there. It is a bit of a circle jerk, isn't it? Um, the other one I'm going to say is the Marvels had its first trailer, like, <laughs> within the past week. Mm. Did it? Apparently, yeah. <laughs> there, there, were, there was a Marvels released like four days ago, but I actually didn't realise at all. <laughs> it's, it's bonkers that the Marvels first trailer had come out, and I haven't heard anyone speak about it, and I only noticed it by accident. It's not the first. Well, on, it's not the first trailer though. It's, it's a second trailer, isn't it? Because the trailer came out months ago. The first one was a teaser, they called it. So this is like the first official trailer, apparently. Hang on, what? A new trailer for the Marvels came out this week. Five days ago. Really? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> the, the thing is, as well, I watched it and I thought, right, two things. One. This looks like a TV show. Um, and two, it looks like a TV show that I'd go, oh, that looks alright. 
I'll never watch it, but it looks alright. But it's a movie, so I will watch it, but I'm not excited about it because it looks like a TV show. Oh, he's not lying, I'm watching it now. Yeah. It's... I just... Yeah, okay. I don't... The, the whole... The, the, they have well and truly Disney Plus launching fucked the Marvel thing. Yeah, I literally could not care less about this movie. Because I know that I'd have to watch like three fucking TV series to be able to understand it. So. Not, not even that. I, I still haven't watched Quantum Mania and, the, and Wakanda Forever and I can watch them for free on my yeah. subscription and I still haven't watched them. It just cheapens the content. See, I, I I liked Ms. Marvel, the TV show. I thought it was sweet. I thought it did some interesting things. And I like Captain Marvel. Um, but it's just my general malaise, let's say. Oh, fuck. Their, their light-based powers have been entangled, guys. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it, like I said, I, I'm, I'm watching and I'm enjoying Secret Wars. I think the final episode came out today. Which we'll watch probably tomorrow. Enjoyed it. Well, I think about it after after seeing it again. No, not at all. Oh. No, I, I, we watched the first two episodes, and it's not that I didn't enjoy them. It's just that I don't care, and they didn't do enough for me to get you back. To get me back. Mm. It was like it was like a meal that I made for myself and went. That was really nice. But to be honest, I'll probably never make it again. I. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, like, I'm just watching it with the sound down now. And I. I yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I liked Miss Marvel. George, did you you watch Miss Marvel, didn't you? Yeah, no, I, I really enjoyed it. I, I I enjoyed sort of what it did. And, like, even the. Obviously. Um, race and heritage angle of it I thought it dealt with that really quite well um, but again I'll, I'll watch this and I'll look forward to it because I like the two films that it's well the two a film and TV show that it's connected but it's not something I get excited over anymore no. I mean for, 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 I mean, for what it's worth the first trailer it played in front of something that I took lots to see um, like maybe fucking um, Elemental and like she was into the trailer, and it but it is purely because it's girls doing superhero-y things, um, and you know so I mean there, there's maybe that that uh, uh, that audience, but yeah, it, it I don't know it's content in it. It's just all these MCU films are just kind of becoming content a little bit. They, they, um, they seem to be a little bit of that. The- they're fillering while they try and work out what the fuck they're doing. <laughs> well, they they need to do they need to do less TV shows. They need to like make as Bob Iger's already said. They need to make both Star Wars and Marvel feel more special. Um, and I, I I will say I think it's interesting that one way that I feel like they are doing that is they seem to be sticking to ninety day windows um, before putting stuff on Disney Plus now. Uh, or at least their bigger films, like Guardians Free, is only on Disney Plus next week. It's been available to buy digitally for a few weeks, but on Disney Plus, it's next week, and that is ninety days. 
from its cinema release. Which is which, and I, which they is need a to do that. Reasonable amount of time. Yeah, yeah, and that, you know I, they need I to am do that. Fine with that. That that makes sense to me. That even if anything, I, my brain is going oof. That's, that's soon, but then again, from a very different generation of of film watchers, because it was literally film came out of the cinema six months later. You could rent it on VHS, mm. and then three months later, you could buy it on VHS. Crazy, and then. Three months later, it was available on Sky, if you had Sky. And then another year later, it was available on terrestrial TV. Yeah. So, like, when fucking Forrest Gump came out, if you didn't go to the cinema and you didn't have Sky, you were either renting it in six months' time or you were waiting two years to fucking watch the gun. Yeah. And it it, it feels like that our, our wait for it on streaming thing is starting to turn slightly. Like, you look at Elemental... It's now at over three hundred and fifty million dollars worldwide. Like that's still not amazing, but what did Lightyear do? Let's have a look. Let's have a look. Two hundred and twenty-six final total worldwide. The the issue I think that something like Elemental has got though is it's done okay at the box office, but these movies just cost so much to make now. They. Pixar, Pixar does cost too much. I'm, a, I'm just, I'm a little, I'm a little worried that the wrong lessons will be taken and it will impinge on Pixar too much rather than the theatrical exhibition lessons that maybe should be learned. Um, I say that as someone who really liked Elemental and will defend that film, though. So it, it's very much a me opinion. Um, but that's that's it for trailers. So. Can actually can we talk about because I I think it must have been on one of the shows that I wasn't present or present for the start when you've talked about poor thing, poor things. things. Yeah, yes, I just want to know what everyone's thoughts are because I've not seen this trailer before. We went to see Oppenheimer and, and it was he's, playing he's before that, wasn't it? Um, I'm looking forward to it. Glad he hasn't written it. It's very intentionally giving Frankenstein, isn't it? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually think this looks like I probably. Because I, I didn't really like the favourite. I didn't like the favourite. We'll do our You'll Go Slam for Moss Marathon before before this film comes out, so you get, nice. you guys will get an opportunity to reassess. That'd be good, yeah. Um, I, 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 yeah. I wasn't keen on the favourite, but I, I remember... I was joking, I'd love to do that. Sorry, if I can get Mark to watch The Killing of a Sacred Deer again, that would be lovely. Well, I Sorry, like that, Becky, I like The Killing of a Sacred Deer. Fuck yeah, you did. Fives, it's a deal. Have have any of you any of you seen Alps? It's the one I haven't. Alps is a really good, interesting movie. Like I remember seeing that at LFF. Obviously, then that came off the dog tooth. Um, but yeah, like for me, it's put, like injecting into my veins. I, mean, I I do love me some Yorgos Lanthimos. I will say, like I said, there, I am very glad he's not written it. I think he's an interesting visual filmmaker. I think he's a juvenile as fuck writer. I do love how aesthetically pleasing his IMDb pages. All the all the covers are very like complimentary of each other. Cool. No, I like it. And he's, yeah, he's got another. He's got another film already shot as well. Um, I think it's going to be out next year. It's called And. Yeah. 
yeah, I'm very up for uh, Land for Moss retro. I, I, I'll, I will always willing to give things another go. Well, certain things. I just add that they, these poor things looks quite intriguing to me. I think it looks quite yeah. good. And like yeah. I say, I've, I've not seen the trailer before, and I was like, ooh, oh. But then I thought, well, actually, there's only one of his films I don't like, so I'm fine. Yeah. It's not like he's Ari Aster, fucking hell. Hopefully we'll uh, hopefully we'll see it in December. Would it would have been about six weeks ago, uh, six weeks time, but never mind. Yeah, right. Let's review a fucking film. While you do the intro, I'm just going to grab a drink, but I can still hear. Yep. Hey, Barbie. Yeah. Can I come to your house tonight? Sure. I don't have anything big planned. Just a giant blowout party with all the Barbies and planned choreography and a bespoke song. You should stop by. So cool. Yeah. Barbie is co-written uh, and directed by Greta Gerwig and stars. Um, <laughs> Marco Roby, Kate McKinnon, Isa Ray, uh, Alexander Ship, uh, Dua Lipa, Lucy Boynton, other people, and as Ken stars Ryan Gosling, Simu Liu, Kingsley Benadir, Scott Evans, Rob Brydon, <laughs> John, Cena. John Cena, and other people, and it also has Michael Sarah. American Ferrara, um, Rhea Perlman, fucking, who else they got in it? Helen Will fucking Ferrell, Mirren. Helen Mirren's voice. Will Ferrell is Will Ferrell in. Uh, yeah. Uh, right, what is it the story of? Let's find out. Let's see what IMDB says uh, about Barbie. Let's see what batshit they've come up with this. Barbie, uh, uh, there we go. Da-da-da-da. Barbie suffers a crisis that leads her to question her world and her existence. Um, right, who do I go for? John, since you're our guest. Barbie, what did you think? So, I went to a 12.20 screening of this on Friday. Uh, me and Lauren went. Um, and, like, she's been really excited about this film and, and like I have too um, as well but she's been properly properly buzzed and I thought do you know what it'll be quite enough um, at that time it's, people are at work blah 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 however didn't take into account that that was the first day of the school summer holidays <laughs> now five minutes before the film starts I'd say a group of ten lads who uh, I'd between the range of 17 and 20 walk in and sit directly behind us um, oh, the row behind us and I, my heart dropped because yeah. all, I could, all I could think of mm. is like these young lads if they're messing around and being rowdy and loud and etc throughout the film it's just going to ruin Lauren's experience of this film because she's been waiting for it for so so long and like the best review I can give it is that they were great they laughed at the jokes and they were silent otherwise. And, like, they just seemed into it. And, yeah, I I had a ball with this. From the get-go, it was zoned in and laser-focused on 
the story it was telling and the message it was trying to communicate. The I mean, the script would have been quite something to read. And like, Gerwig managed to get everybody to commit hundred percent. In but in the case of like Ryan Gosling, who two hundred percent. And I think that that's sort of why it's a success. Like, if one person in this film didn't get the memo, it falls apart. And like, yeah. It, it's just a big fucking swing from Greta Gerwig and I think she absolutely crushes it because even when watching it, I was sitting there thinking to myself, I'm actually sort of happy that this film exists because even though I'm not really like the audience for it, I'm having a great time, but I can only imagine what it's like um, for a film to sort of like, to do so boldly what it's saying and in such a way that it's, it's Can a ta- I ask you it's a question, sorry, just yeah. to interject, Jordan. What do you think the audience for this film is? See, me and Ian had to talk about this. Um, and I, I, <laughs> I'll tell you what, it's not. <laughs> sorry. Yeah, no. It, it's definitely not like, little girls that play with Barbies. It's definitely little girls that play with Barbies. I don't think so. But, see, my th- thought is, yes, it's for an older audience, but like, I can see a 13, 14-year-old girl thinking this is the best film ever. Really? It... Obviously, as, I don't. As a I don't know many. Of a late stage teen, Barbies were not, not the thing, and they've had a resurgence recently. But it's definitely not for those little girls. This... But it's the concepts. It's the concept. It's not, it's not, yeah, for me, it's the concepts of mm. being a woman and what that means and everything like that. Like the, the Barbie is just an in. The Barbie is just a, a marketing technique. It's that's not the message. I don't think, and. Yeah, I, I just not, think... It's not going to be an in if they don't go see it because they're like the girl in the movie. That, I I mean, it, that well, is the point, that teenagers it, don't fuck with Barbie. But it, the, it, the, the market... The, sorry, George. Sorry, sorry. No, sorry. Yeah, so my, see, my only thing is, from the screenings that I went to, there was lots of teen girls there. And mm. so Lauren went to see it again the day after with some of her friends because that was all planned out. She said there was absolutely loads. I mean, yes, there was some really, really young people, like like four to six year olds there. That obviously parents have taken them, and like they had no care. As soon as all the colours and everything went, they lost interest whatsoever. But mm. yeah, it's just because I think it's being Barbie has confused. I think many people are thinking, well, this is obviously for kids. Yeah, it was. I don't think it was ever ever meant for kids. It was meant for the audience. Um, I mean, I think the first trailer... Well, no, the first trailer was the 2001 Um, thing. Just very quickly on that, it depends on how you're exposed to it. We, uh, the company I work for, literally do a kids Barbie the movie range. Mm. So it it, it, it absolutely... Okay, that's wild. (laughs) I I I feel like it's been made for... Women in, say, their 30s and 40s that have got an awful lot of nostalgia for Barbie. What you're saying is it's made for America Ferreras uh, and not for her daughter. Yeah, just to, kind just, of. Just to frame it within the, the within context the, of, the, yeah. of, of, of the movie. We, we, which it's I think, been made yeah. for your Greta Gerwigs, kind yeah. of. Yeah, but I think, you know... It, but it is a kid's IP and it's... It, it just it's obviously going to get a lot of children there that are going to be awfully disappointed that this doll that they love and play with every day is this weird fucking complicated so, story uh, what, what, on the see, screen. See, I just see, think see, the, 
just just to back Becky up for a second, what I will say, my screening, the kids in there were bored as fuck. They were running around. One of the cinema staff had to come in and basically quite loudly tell one of the parents to control their children at one point, which was fucking incredible and well done that attendant. But like it, the, the girl, and this is like girls as well. Like I'd say maybe. 10 11 year old girls and so not 13 as george said and you know you know girls mature at that age but i am i will just say well maybe i don't know maybe they don't i don't know what i will just say is i am so fucking glad i didn't take lottie yeah oh god yeah yeah because we would have had to leave we would have had to leave but but it's also you said it was full of kids at yours didn't you as well This is a 12A as well. You know what I mean? So it's not PG. It's not a U. It's made for an audience of of a certain age. Whereas, uh, yeah. But, but the that's... 12A is the whole, yeah, but, you know, eight and up is probably all right if you, if, if, if you think your kid's up to it. And also, like, you've got to look at it as... If you're the parent of a daughter that is going... I really want to see this Barbie movie. I really want to see this Barbie movie. It's everywhere. It's so pink and Margot Robbie just looks exactly like fucking Barbie. I really need to see this Barbie movie. You're going to fucking take them to see this Barbie movie. And it's going to... They're going to be a little bit crushed. Are they? Like... Dude, yeah, man. Yeah. Come on. Like, it, it's without, not without getting that into what, what I thought the movie, one of the things that... I was sat on the end of a row, on the next row across to me, the entire row was um, two women had brought a, a load of kids that were about, I would say, five or six. Mm. Um, and about 25, 30 minutes into it, uh, there, was, there was some good reactions to bits of it. I'm not going to mm. say there wasn't. But there was a very loud... Uh, mum, I'm bored. Yeah. <laughs> thing at that, and I, I, I do think that there is there is that. But George, continue saying what you think of the movie, and then we'll bounce around. And no, I'm sorry. I just wanted to know what everyone thought the the audience was. I do apologise for putting in. Oh, not a problem. I mean, the, the thing is, the the audience appears to be film Twitter and mm. us and lot and older people, like you know, like not kids. I, and I, I, yeah, I mean, like, I kind of don't care because I didn't take my kid because I knew she wouldn't, like, she wouldn't be into it. What I will say but, is there is, is this film is getting um, uni age. Um, yeah. yeah I, I, I go into it. It's my went to see it. It's the first film I've, I've not gone to see in about a year. Mm. It's one of those things, though. It's also... Again, a lot of women in, you know what I mean. This is the the feminism film that people are talking about at the moment, which I it, it's that is great. The fact that people outside of film circles are talking mm. about the movie and mm. like saying that. And I know I mentioned them before. The group of ten lads came in. They didn't have any partners. They didn't have any girlfriends. It was ten lads just came in on their own. Like, I love that. What what what? Yeah, it's like different. But when we went to see. Um... Oppenheimer on was it last night? Yeah. God, it was last night, wasn't it? We we got to the the bit in Cineworld where they check your tickets, and he was like, "Oh my God, some people for Oppenheimer," <laughs> because everyone was literally getting through the thing and going into screen five, which but, is bad. But, it, but he's saying that our screen for Oppenheimer was absolutely rough. Yeah, it was. Yeah, but <laughs> I think he just had like a raft of Barbie people all in one go, hadn't he? So I, I need to ask Becky because I young actually told me, "What did you think of Barbie?" 
it's a difficult one. I think it's very, it's quite heavy-handed um, with its messaging. Um, you know, there's, there's not an awful lot of subtlety there. There's, there's some nice nods to, oh my God, are you a person of a certain age that used to play with Barbie? Look at this fucking hairbrush. Oh my God, you remember that Barbie that like one time her arm got a bit weird so she just became the Barbie whose hair you cut and everything. That's Kay McKinnon. Because everyone had that Barbie with pen on her face and hair that was cut. Every, everyone did. Mine was actually a Cindy because I didn't like Cindy because she was a bit chubby compared to Barbie. So she was just like the one that I just abused. I'm not going to lie. But like there's there's enough little touches that are like... Wow. Yeah, I was a terrible person. Um, there was enough little touches that were like... I like that. That's nice. That's a nod. There's, you know, that's that's great. So the, the, there's that element of it. It's it's a beautifully built world. And I know you're going to think it's just me being a hater, but I need people to stop giving Will Ferrell work because he's just the same in everything. And he's shit in this. He's, he's so fucking distracting. If that's supposed to be the real world, they should have got someone that can kind of play I it. I don't think that, it's supposed to be the real, real world. I think no, it's I supposed know. to be a... The, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's, it's the one, for me, it's the one real misstep that yeah. this film makes is the whole Will Ferrell and his gang of businessmen because... They're in, they're kind of introduced almost as like a bit of a false flag, and yeah. I, you know, and I I think that that's interesting, but I don't think they like, should have that, got that, the same that, person that, who did this same role because wasn't he in the Lego movie? the Lego movie? Yeah, I mean, he was, yeah, but again, it's almost like he's subverting that part mm. because it actually turns out that he does like Barbie. Yeah, you know, you know, so it's that bit. The film is not nearly as interested in that once it reveals that the story is actually Ken trying to create the patriarchy. It, it, it does forget about Will Ferrell and that, that sort of... When they're travelling from the real world about, it must be a good half hour before we see them again. So that yeah. is one of my... Although I actually didn't mind Will Ferrell in it. Um, it was just that sort of sea story that they had. But he's a weird gotcha. It's just like you thought it was going to be about Will Ferrell being a bad guy trying to keep Barbie in a box. Well, actually, it's Ken. You know, and uh, yeah, yeah, I I just I'd have liked to have seen like an Adam Scott type personality in that role that can just deadpan a little bit better. I think Will Ferrell's forgotten how to turn the volume down a bit. Like he just can't do it anymore. He's always that Will Ferrell, and that Will uh, Ferrell is the Will Ferrell that really fucking annoys me. So it, it, it bugs me when I see him in stuff. Um, what else was I gonna say? I think the whole like um, try to hold on to stuff, trying to stop things from changing. That seemed to be like something that they wanted to be really important, but didn't really take anywhere apart from America Ferrera went with them but like that's not really the point of the story it's the whole like patriarchy thing so it's it's a bit of a redundant like loose thread that's kind of left there um i thought i thought the message it's difficult i thought the messaging was good but i just thought it, it really lacked any salty um i did not expect for one of the moments that I enjoyed most in the entire movie to be Michael Sarah alerted. Genuinely didn't. 
up the wall. <laughs> oh, oh that, yeah, that wall. Once, once they work out how to build the wall sideways instead of just up, no one will ever be able to leave. Love that. That was amazing. Um, and the fact that all the all the members of NSYNC, even that one, are like escaped Allens. It's just, just so fucking <laughs> random. Um, so yeah, I, I, I was I was pleasantly surprised by that. Um, and yeah, I'm just Ken should be nominated for best song at the Oscars. Uh, and I not just that. In full, danced by Ryan Gosling. It's it's really easy to forget, given that Ryan Gosling is such a good actor that like he's also a really good dancer. And like when you're watching this and he's doing his like little little bits, he's like so head and shoulders above everyone else that he's dancing with. It, yeah, but, I, I just think, I mean, I'm trying to. It's like I, I went into this film thinking I was going to like it because of the people involved, because it was Greta Gerwig, it was Noel Baumbach, and like you knew it just wasn't going to be surface level. Now, it, it, it this massively surpassed like my expectations in just how funny it was. And like, we talk about the message and you talk about subtlety, but like for me, you, you can't have sut- a subtle message and then have that Ryan Gosling performance. It's it's got to be, uh, I mean, bigger than life, and and again, if you, if you want to try and uh, we're talking about audience again, but if you want to try and get those eleven to twelve to whatever year olds, you can't have that much subtlety because they're not going to get it in effect. But like it's, I mean, I think that this is you also um, you also can't have a scene where Barbie meets God, but you don't realise that she's Barbie's God until the end of the film, and until then it's just a random scene about that woman living in that building. Yeah, like it, it just there's this this film is emphatically just in its construction not for kids. Hmm? Mm. Sorry, sorry, like it just yeah, it, it's I I I feel like that we we we. Uh, sorry, we're like yeah, go on, go on, George. Sorry, no, yeah, no, so, yeah. and I think it just sort of tore that line off of not you not being told off about things, but but just like charmingly pointing things out. I think that balance it gets is sort of like near perfect, and I think it was like yeah, it's it's way funnier than I thought it was going to be. I think it just does more with what it's trying out. I mean, it, as an entertaining like piece of filmmaking, I think it's worth like going and, and cheering. And like my my final mm. sort of message is the fact that it does blow my mind that this costs forty five million more dollars to make than Oppenheimer, and that's not a criticism; <laughs> it's just a funny observation. Didn't it call, cause like a world shortage of pink paint or something? It did. Yeah. Um, I do like the fact that at the end, when they're kind of doing the wrap up, the the Barbies do recognise that. Because essentially you've got the reverse of the real world in Barbie land and the men are the 50s housewives and the fact that they recognise at the end of that, well, hang on, actually, that's not quite fair really to go back to that. Let's give them something. Yeah. Like, a bit of menonism coming into um, Barbie land. that's it. What did you think? Uh, Sue... I think, and this includes another actor we're going to talk about in a bit, that Ryan Gosling, so far for me, should win Best Supporting Actor at the Oscars next year. Um, I think it's one of the most complete comedic performances we've had in a good many years. (laughs) A, A lot has been said about the Kennedy that he brings and all that kind of stuff, but the... 
simple lad just very quickly buying into the idea of patriarchy but not really understanding patriarchy oh he just thinks it's is... about horses it's incredible and I, fa- I love the fact that he always just describes his job as a beach 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 <laughs> but Bobby, uh, what if this is beach <laughs> but i mean the you know like the what is it the masa casa dojo house like uh, that does sound mojo like dojo some casa house yeah mojo dojo casa house that feels like something someone would actually do um and it, it's it's the whole guy just being filled up by this stupid shit because he sees this imagery that he likes like the fact that they they do the um god what's the 2001 song called something something varus strusser but, but yeah the fact that they do that song again where like during that montage it's that disco version and he's just seeing that imagery and it's like guys playing golf which made me think deeply about stuff i've been talking about over the last <laughs> couple of weeks i'll tell you that um and and like high-fiving and all this and trucks and whatnot and and then it just the way that he evolves into that guy who is the patriarchy but it boils down to because he just feels rejected i mean hey that's mark zuckerberg in the social network that's some real incel shit going on there though but yeah no yeah it, it, it is but i mean like Mark Zuckerberg was doing incel shit before incel was a was a fucking thing, you know. And it, it, it's and I'm not saying that because it's like oh they're repeating themes. It's like men, you know. And, and obviously, like the likes of Ben Shapiro have made like 40 minute long YouTube videos fucking complaining about it while setting fire to Barbies. And it, and it, but it it's just that, that is that is a man who claims that women can't enjoy sex. Yeah, I mean Jesus who was, Christ, who was literally said that out loud. Yeah. <laughs> It, 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 you know, and it, it just, I don't know, man, like, it just, I, I think Gosling understands the assignment so completely, is a fucking dickhead in the film, but at the same time, when he is doing the Just Ken musical number, and he's counting on his fingers ten, and then holds up his hands, really pleased that he managed to count to ten correctly... Um, it, it just, it's the, some of the greatest two seconds of comedic acting I think I may have ever seen. Um, so I, 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 I talk, I, I launched off on Barbie talking about Ken apologies. I've, you know, Margot, uh, Robbie is, is, is fantastic. Um, America Ferreira, I think is, is really good. Like it's a, I, I think it's a cracking film, which is, not for the people that you'd think it's for, um, but I don't know. Warners get to have their cake and eat it by getting that ticket money from that younger audience, but then hopefully making of like most of the other people in the audience satisfied with it. Um, yeah, I, I I I I think it's a, it, it's a cracking time. Incredible production design. Um, I mean, like, really just wonderful production design. Um, And just the way that the plot unfolded really took me by surprise. Like, they've done a great job with the marketing. Yeah. Because you make it... They make it seem like she's been kicked out of Barbie land. Uh, And and that's not what it... it, You know, that's not what it is at all. Um, Also, I will say, I thought Kate McKinnon as Weird Barbie was great. 
I've seen no one talk about Kate McKinnon. I thought she was. I thought she was cracking. Um, Greta Gerwig, free for free, well fucking done. Don't make the sequel. Give it to someone. There's going to be a sequel. Give it to someone else. I don't think. I don't know how lightning strikes twice with this, especially with that ending. I actually think if if there is a sequel, it's going to have to come soon. And I say I think Greta Gerwig will be busy because she's obviously touched out to do the two Narnia movies. So that's four years of her life, I'd say. Yeah, I it. I don't know how they do this again, you know. And Warner, they did the Lego Movie. Everybody loved it. They did Lego Movie the second part, a better film, and no one cared. I, I genuinely, until you said that, I thought Lego sequel. You mean the Lego Batman? And then I remembered as you said it. God, no, they did do a second one, didn't they? Did they? What's that about? Oh God, yeah. Yeah. With the girl with the punky hair. Yeah. Yeah. Matt, what did you think? Fuck you. Oh my god, Sinead O'Connor's died. In news that was oh, Well, Jordan was surprised, so fuck you. Jordan's gonna stuff like she's already dead. <laughs> but yeah, let's talk about that instead. Sinead O'Connor. Right, go on. It, 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 it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. That's. It just. I don't get it. <laughs> Yeah, the hype's been a little bit weird. I just Gosling's everybody in it. it it's a really well-made film. The production design is great. Um, everybody in it, pretty much, uh, universally is 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 really good. And your, your key characters, Margot Robbie and Ryan Gosling, are both fantastic at what they're doing. But it's. For me, like I think they said, their job. There's, there's no subtlety to it. But I actually think that that, that started to irk me. <laughs> the more it went along, mm. I, it, I was just there going, "I get, it. I yeah. get it. Stop now, please stop." Um, and yeah, I just, I, I was getting pretty bored by about halfway through. Mm. and yeah it was just emphatically not a film for me is what I would say on that I enjoyed it probably overall but I have been kind of like since I watched it going oh god am I I, am I Geostorm am I touching cloth am I definitely not shit I don't really know where I am with it um in the sense of it's I think my overriding thing of it is I I think it's it's a fun movie that I just don't think it's as clever as it thinks it is oh no no it isn't because it it, 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 it so emphatically lacks any subtlety yeah, well, it, it that I it did bother me when I was watching it, which why I, which why I brought it up. It's you know, it, yeah, life shit for women. We get it. It's you the don't have to it's the Black Klansman of this year. It's yeah, no, yeah, but I I it need I I feel like it, it it's the kind of shit that just needs to be said. It needs mm. 
it needs to be hammered home. And if it's well, doing that to a mainstream audience, then fucking brilliant. But it's not saying anything that's new. No. No, but it's stuff that, unfortunately, a lot of people in the world today need extent, fucking reminding. To an extent to that, yeah, I, I just... I don't know, there's... there's you, you, we can't we can't do anything new because if we're doing anything new then it's even more progressive and, and like and unfortunately the last few years have shown that people cannot aim towards that we've got to fucking hammer home these messages ab- about racial equality and gender equality and whatnot because the increasing amount of motherfuckers over the last 10 years or so 20 years or so don't seem to fucking be jibing with that let alone all the other things that the harder realms of the left want to do. So, yeah, we're gonna have to fucking have these messages repeated over and over because people don't fucking get it. We do. Brilliant. A lot of people fucking don't. And if Barbie's doing that, fair fucking play. If the world was a more right place, I'd be criticising it for that as well. I think, Sorry, Mark. No, I absolutely... I agree with what you were saying. I just, from a personal point of view, I just felt that I was watching it going, I I, I kind of want you to end now. Hmm. If those lads behind Jordan had fucking learned something from Barbie because it's been smushed in their face like that and it hopefully makes them have some fucking thoughts at the end of the film that they didn't necessarily have at the start then God bless Greta Gerwig and all who sail on she. I, uh, I just I, sort I, of raise a, a, a bit of a kind of snag with that, though. Those boys wouldn't be there watching Barbie if they weren't already the kind of people that would watch Barbie. See, you know but I they mean? might like, be going there to watch it ironically. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's like For people who don't like Barbie, the marketing of this film has been... Hey, whether you like or... Uh, to be fair, it's more for people who don't like Barbie than it is for people who fucking like Barbie. Uh, but they're there and they're learning this shit. No matter what fucking route they, they, they had to take to get in there, they're in there and they're hearing this stuff. And if that makes them fucking think twice... The next, the next time their friends are goading, goading them into disrespecting a fucking woman. Uh, sorry, a fucking woman. There I am, sounding like I'm disrespecting one. It just like the whole. It, I'm getting riled up, as you can tell. Then fucking good on this film. Uh, yeah, good on it. And I think the fact that that this is creating such discourse within some societies just tells me that this needs to be hammered home. You yeah, know what man. I mean? It's like, I mean, I read a thread somewhere. Um, look at me, I'm on the new stuff. But it's like, there's two films out this week. One is about the creation of the atom bomb, and the other one is about a plastic doll. Now, guess which one's creating the biggest political uproar? And I'm just like, the fact that there is discourse and people are talking about, well, how how can they talk about this and why, why should we do... The fact that that is still happening and still getting an actual arena to, to permeate, like, perm whatever that word is. Permeate. Um, permeate. Permeate, that's the one. Then that's why we need this. And I say it is, yeah, a great... It's hammering a walnut with a hammer or a sledgehammer, but I do think we need that. And I think sometimes also, like, even... It's, 
I can't say on a women's on a women's perspective. I'm just saying on Lauren. He's like Lauren when what she's talked to me about. He's like it's just yes, it's obvious, but sometimes it's just reassuring to hear that sort of stuff, and it's empowering to try and then tackle like the speech that America Ferrara gives at the end. Again, isn't anything new? We've heard it before, but just hearing it in that way, it got me a bit teared up. And, and a I'm couple not of people clapped in my screen. Eh? Woman, it's like it's, it's. I actually think it's quite powerful in that sense, yep. and I think it can hopefully cross. And yet, as I said, if it gives anybody an idea of, oh wow, okay, maybe I'm thinking about things wrong. Brilliant, it's done its job. So the next thing I was going to say. <laughs> oh God. The next thing I was about to say was, my worry is. That if you have an opinion where you say you don't like this film, you're going to get shouted down as being anti-feminism and things like that. Even if that is completely not a place you're coming from. No, but I mean, you've said yourself that it's like from your perspective, you've you guys have heard this, uh, you know, many times before, and I absolutely understand that. But it's. For for other people who need to be exposed to yeah. ideas like women have it harder than men in society, because apparently people need to be exposed to that. No, but I mean, it, it, it's yeah. I, I, the, the the thing is, I I don't know. I feel like I'm. I don't need to hear. At least I don't think I need to hear this stuff. I mean, I, I don't know. Donna might have different opinions, but I don't think I, mean, I you need do play to hear golf this here. stuff. You are part of the patriarchy. I don't play golf. I don't play golf. I've been talking about potentially uh... playing golf, but after honestly watching Gos this film and that bit with Gosling, it's made me look at myself. Do you want a horse? So, as well? <laughs> so... I, 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 I. What I will say is, at one point, I did think I bet Barbie keeps those fucking saloon dogs because they look a bit fucking cool. They do look cool. <laughs> the thing is, though, Barbie's got horses. I'm sure she has. I'm, I'm sure there's Barbie horses. They might be pink, but she could have fucking given him a horse. I, I, I thought the one of the best lines of the movie was uh, was when she's asked, "So where all the Kens go?" and she kind of goes, "Oh." Don't know. That's it. I think. I think. I think that's that's one of the cleverest things that it does is that you you watch it at the start and it's Barbie Land and you're like, oh, this is amazing female empowerment. Look at how great it is, blah 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 blah. And and then you look at it again from from the the other side and it's like, well, I know those Ken seem to a great time. They do seem to be having a great I'm time. Fine with that. But then I'm sure Fifty's housewives thought they were having a great time up to a certain point. I'm not sure. Um, but it's like I can't remember where I was going with that. She could have given him a Do horse, you know what? is basically what I'm saying. A question. If Greta Gerwig directed Don't Worry Darling, how much of a better film oh, would that have been? So much better. This so, is the so only film better. of hers I think I've ever seen, so I can't really comment. Oh, yeah, but... I, 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 I didn't see her... Um... Little Women. Little Women, just because I, I, because I don't... Period film films set around that side. I, I, I just mean, like nails on like shortboard to me. Secretly, maybe one of the best films of the 2010s. But, uh, the more I, the more 100%, 100%, I sit on that film. I really like yeah. Ladybug. Oh, hang on, white noise. That was, was bound, uh, that's bound back. Fine, that's fine. But, uh, so, like, Little Women. Oh, God, Little Women. That What a film that fucking was. Yeah. 
Um, but I mean, but yeah, I, 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 yeah. I think it's just Sorry, one of those for me. It's like we talk about Messi, but it's like I just found this film hilarious. Like some of the jokes in there, and then some of them like do come thick and fast. Like there's a shining joke in there, and I, like yeah. I was probably the only, I was the only one mm. laughing in the cinema. But even like the, the biggest laugh of like in my audience was um, when Margot Robbie said, "What is it? It's like I'm crying, I'm ugly, and I'm, I feel this." And then the narrator comes in and said, oh, "Well." Yeah, not yeah. a filmmaker. Don't cast Margot Robbie when doing this, and it's just brilliant. Like just little. Yeah, that, um, that 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 got a good. What I will say is, my experience in the cinema might be slightly different from everyone else's because the screening I was in was predominantly kids and people who brought those kids, <laughs> and it was packed, which was fucking great. Mm. But yeah. The biggest cheer I, that it got was when they went back to Barbie Land. Yeah. Oh, do you know what bit I did really enjoy? What? Um, when all the Kens rode back to the dream house, like, oh, no. yeah. on not horses, but they were doing, like, the horsey movements. Loved that. Like, what, I, yeah. I, I really I, enjoyed I, the I, Ken off, the whole Ken off that leads into well, I'm Just Ken. I enjoyed the... Um, like I'm paraphrasing. Why do I have to have an opinion on Zack Snyder's Justice League? <laughs> the fact that there was a reference to Zack Snyder's Justice League in a Barbie film, I, yeah, I don't know. And I mean, also you had the bit where it said "motherfuckers" and it, they had to bleep it out. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't know. There was with a little Mattel sticker as well, wasn't there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And like like you guys said, that whole kind of Helen Mirren talking about like you know don't char- don't cast Margot Robbie if you're trying to make this point. Yeah, yeah it, it, it it's just it's wonderfully self knowing. I'm I'm it's, fucking yeah. basically traumatized that she's doing Narnia films the now. The thing is, is at one point in my brain when I'm talking about it, it's going up. <laughs> but then what seems to happen is as it goes up, I. Like fucking sand in the middle of the tube goes down to the fucking down bit, and it just starts to level itself out again for me. Mm. I need to watch this movie again. Yeah. I I kind of want to watch it again. I really can't. I mean, I put, well, I got to see it to watch it again. I don't think so, but it's yeah, it's just, it's just for like the, the Godfather joke, and like even like Lauren um sort of like leaned over to me. It's like, don't worry, you don't sound like that. I'm just like, I think I do a little bit, to be honest. Just sort of mansplaining the Godfather and Robert Evans to my wife. I 100% think the reason divorce for divorce Barbie might be coming my way. And I'll deserve it. <laughs> what is everyone then on it? What are you, is there, I guess uh, there's a universal definitely not shit from everybody. A, a potential top ten at end of year for me. Yeah, nowhere near that, but it wasn't shit. Definitely not shit. The thing is, the hype for this has been unreal. And, like, Isabel, a 19-year-old girl who really should be target audience for this, was incredibly disappointed in this film. Um, She felt that it didn't live up to its feminist credentials, that it's been given by audiences, and it's ultimately a bit all-surface and... Just shiny, shiny plastic feminism. For, 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 for context, Isabel is a hyper feminist, isn't she? She is, and she's 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 very opinionated. But yes. like it is, it's 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 a bit feminism light, and so 
yeah, just to just to give the context of of her opinion on it. But yeah, it's 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 fine, and it's it's trying to do a good thing. I just don't know. I don't know who it's doing it for, and that bothers me. No, I, I think I think Ian's Ian hit the nail on the head there. I I think it's it's as much. I think both Ian and John hit the nail on the head there. In the that it's much a a, a voice for girls, women of a certain age to say, look, we get it. The problems are still there. And it's as much a little bit of a, a nudge to, you know, the fact that... The Andrew that the, Tate generation of boys. Yeah. But they won't see it. No, but, but they but, are seeing it because the marketing's tricking them. No, I don't no, think it is. it is to those guys. But, um, it, it, but the problem is, it's uh. the ones that are on the fringe of it mm. that haven't been consumed by that yet. The ones that are on the fringe of it that might get consumed by it, if they're getting dragged, e- by, the they're dragged by the girlfriends or they're going as a group as bits like that, mm. and it, it, it's maybe making them look at it and go, well, I don't want to be that idiot, so I'm not going to fall for that bullshit, then yeah, that is a fucking good thing. And the thing mm. is, there, does that, for me, start to offset the fact that I do think that there needs to be a conversation uh, to be had about the fact that at the end of the day, we have taken a property that is for children, for children and young girls, mm. and so and essentially made a film for not that property. That 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 is a problem for me. But if yeah. it, if we are offsetting it with with lads who might have gone down that path, who now go actually, do you know what? Fuck it, no, this path is pinker and it might get me laid more. Then then fucking great. Oh, one thing that did bother me that I'd completely forgotten about. What? I absolutely love the fact that this movie paints cellulite as being the worst thing that can possibly happen to anybody ever. For, but, a, for a large portion of the film. But I think that is a tongue-in-cheek joke. Yeah. I think that's one of the things that's maybe too subtle then. Because I don't think everyone will pick up on that being a joke. Because it is just... Oh my god! So, like, if I completely sell my soul and get back into this box, I can get rid of this cellulite. It's, it's, it's not. No. Would you? I mean, yeah, obviously, <laughs> because it's one of the worst things that people can have. Barbie told me so. I'm. I am. I. I think you guys are talking into, into a definitely not shit, and then might even go and see it uh, tomorrow or Friday again. Okay. Yeah, I don't. I don't have the energy to go and see this movie again at the cinema. I'm a definitely I will not watch sh- the, the music video though. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm definitely definitely not shit. And I think going off what you're saying there is, for me, it's not who's it doing it for. It's the fact that it's doing it, which is the important part. Mm. Also, leading into the film, we'll do in a second where we are we taking a drinks break beforehand. Can you still repeat? Um, oh yeah, I wouldn't mind a pee actually. Um, yeah. it, what I will say there is. Um, the fact that it, it's the busiest, and I've been a couple of times to cinema around this. This, it's been the most bustling I've seen cinemas in a mm. post-COVID world. Yeah, between this and our next movie, um, and, and, and the fact that it's for two non-franchise movies, and the fact that they have both done incredibly well, and. It wasn't just people going and seeing the movie. You, you do as fucking. And I usually despise this, but there was popcorn, nachos, 
fucking drinks, fucking freezes galore. That's how cinemas make money and that's how cinema survives. Mm, yeah, yeah. Um, it, it, it's, it's a wonderful thing. Um, you know, I got told off because I didn't get any cinema snacks today. What do you spend money on? You get 25% off and you don't get cinema snacks. What the fuck is wrong with you? I just don't. I don't like it. All the food is noisy or smelly. I don't know. <laughs> well, wait. Well, I'm getting a slushie. Right. All right. Well, would you like me to pay for it so that I can get my 25% discount? Yes, please. Right. Okay. So you bought any slushie? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, they've, they've just announced the new PlayStation Plus games for August. Is it Barbie? Do you know what? what no. Do you know what one of them is? What? PGA Tour 2K23. No. I'm back, baby! I mean, you can play that. Begin. Isabel's boyfriend plays golf and she's like, she's like, it's almost a deal breaker, but he doesn't have a golf set. He hires one, so I think I can kind of forgive him, but it's such a fucking Tory pursuit. Like, I've had to get him to reassure me he's not a Tory. Golf like, is but, good. I played yeah. golf for years and years. Yeah. I played for golf for over, like, what, six, seven years. It's a great pastime. You're not like 19, I just, 20 though, are you? I was when I was playing. Really? Yeah, I played everything. I played, yeah. I played golf, I played cricket, I played badminton. And it's like, er, like just everything. George, George, can you do online multiplayer in that game? I think I actually I think you can. Of... Yeah, so we'll play it. Oh, fuck. All right, yeah, we need to set that up. Mark, come on, join I'll, us. I'll, I'll, I'll join you. I actually will say that last time it was on PS Plus, one of these games... I did download it to start to play it. Um, got halfway through the demo of it, I did the, the tutorial, and went, oh, just fuck off, and deleted it. <laughs> that is my gaming things at the moment. Download games, play the tutorial, <laughs> decide that decide that games are just too complicated now, and to delete them. I think I'm going to fuck people with I just... It's just boring. You think you're gonna fuck evil within off? Oh, really? Yeah, it's just a bit boring. I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it another go. I'm gonna give it another stretch and see if I can get into it. Because that's my issue sometimes. Is like if I don't get a long enough stretch at the start, I find it hard. And it's a really short first like level, and then the next one's a bit boring. Well, I, I, I'm gonna do our audience mm. more for Barbie. Oh, yeah, and bring sorry. it fucking back. Sorry, like a good host that I am. Uh, <laughs> Definitely not shit, 64%. Touching cloth, 9%. Shit, 18%. And Geostorm, 9%. CS3P Combat. Player 1, choose your character. Tired of film and television podcasts where the hosts exist in a blissful state of agreement? Player 2, choose your character. While you're in luck. Punter. Round 1, fight. Allow me to introduce you to the Chinstroker vs. Punter podcast, featuring two film and television fans from Birmingham, England, who enjoy their media in very different ways. But anyway, that brings us to the end of the plot of Blue Velvet. The plot. I mean, the main characters are two of the dullest main characters I have ever encountered in any film. So join us as we catch up on what we've been watching from our own very different perspectives. Double KO. Round 2. Fight. You can find us at csvsp.libson.com, also on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, all the places that podcasts can be found. It just really, it's isn't. not visually striking. No, I just just getting confirmation. It's just inning. That's the third time, though. I mean, am I, is this on?
against the Nazis. Oppenheimer is written and directed by Christopher Nolan and stars Everyone. many people. So many um, people. Killian Murphy, Emily Blunt, Matt Damon, Robert Downey Jr., Florence's Pews, um, Josh Hartnett, Casey Affleck, Rami Malek, Kenneth Branagh, Benny <laughs> uh, Safdie, Jason Clark. Just more and more people. The big brother on. from Wimpy the Kid. The big brother from Dying Wimpy Kid um, turns up. Devon Bostock, yes. I think his name is. Yeah, he is, yeah. Um, turns up. Josh Peck's there. Jack Quaid is there. Macon Blair. <laughs> I didn't realise until today that Truman was Gary Oldman. You know when you're looking at someone, you're like, I know you. I literally fucking said to you, fucking Donald Oldman was in this <laughs> when, it, when it came on screen. I don't listen to anything you say when we're in a screening. You shouldn't be talking. I wish That's a good point. <laughs> what is Oppenheimer about? <laughs> See what IMDb says. The story of American scientist Jim Robert Oppenheimer and his role in the development of the atomic bomb. Um, where the fuck do we go to the first? Um, Ian Oppenheimer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oppenheimer, eh? Um, so I. Uh, yeah, I, I thought it was cracking. I thought it was really, really good. I was a little worried in the third hour <laughs> for 10, 20 minutes. But then I think it pulled it back. I think that's um, probably at the same point that I was a bit like, that I said to you, didn't I? It's baggy for a bit. It, the pace slows for a bit. But then we had a, we had a whole but, discussion about it, didn't we? So I'm yeah. all right with it now. Yeah, and I think, it, yeah, but then then I think it kind of like manages to kind of justify itself by by, by, by the end there. And it's like, yeah, okay, I get, I get it. I get it. Um, if I mean it feels its length, but that's because there's an awful lot of stuff there. Um, Killian Murphy is is cracking. Robert Downey Jr. is going to be pushing for that Oscar real fucking hard. He is so uh, good if, and he's very very good in it. He's not as good as Ryan Gosling, but he's really good <laughs> in it. And if he does, if he does, like to be clear, if he does win the Oscar, I think I'll be cracking because you know, I mean, he's Robert Downey Jr. You know, he's kind of undeniable at some point. Um, and also, I mean, just in the, in the press before when he was allowed to do press, he was just basically talking up Killian Murphy constantly. And I think, you know, I think that's pretty good of him. Um, the Emily Blunt character, I was a little bit worried about until her last scene. Um, I think they just about got away with her. Um, I think they just about got away with Florence Pugh. And that sex scene is funny, kind of like how does how does anyone think that that's something that could have happened? But then it's the color stuff is all supposed to be subjective. Which, which, which one are you talking so, about? You're not the first one. When, yeah, when she's getting him to fucking read the Sanskrit and he's talking oh, about yeah. he is Death Destroyer of Worlds while nailing Florence Pugh. Um, come on now. But I almost feel like it, it's like subjective. It's how he kind of remembers it in his head or something. I, you know, it, it's not my favourite Nolan. I think, it, I, you know, I think it's a five out of five film. It's not my favourite Nolan. But 
he's Christopher Nolan. Um, score, incredible. Editing. If Jennifer Lane does not win best editing for this, then wow, we. Quite frankly, um, it's it's a really, 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 really impressive work, and also the fact that that girl who's getting her skin flayed off is a cameo by Christopher Nolan's daughter is fucking mental. Oh, is that who it is? Yep. Uh, the girl that gets her skin like when when he's yeah. Cracking, uh, yeah, I loved it. I thought it 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 it, it was great. Um, Barbie is more entertaining. Oppenheimer is a better film. Barbie is the bag of pick and mix candy when you get when you go to the cinema. Oppenheimer's like a like a real good five star Michelin meal. Yeah, fair. Oh, that creates a moral quandary within me. Go on. Um, the Michelin star restaurant that I went to uh, with you, we enjoyed the meal um, and then went to a... Um, Pizza place after. No, we went to, we went to a uh, Asian street food place afterwards and both said it was better. <laughs> that is true. So the pick and mix, I'd probably prefer. Uh, no, but what I mean is like... You I know, I was joking. Yeah, yeah. Um... Bex, what did you think of Yeah, I think it's real interesting. Obviously, in the context of Nolan's body of work, he tends to do quite cerebrally challenging shit, whereas this is a biopic. So there's there's a lot more kind of... It's a lot more straight on paper than something like Interstellar, Tenet, for example. Um, but it's done in such an interesting way that... It, it, it feels Nolan-y, even though it's on paper not, if that makes sense. Um, I really like the jumping around in the the kind of timelines that you've got going on. Um, the bit, I think, Ian, that you were referring to where you were a bit concerned. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest, I was I was dreading the three-hour runtime of this going into it. Sure. And I don't, yeah, yeah. I don't think it felt like it was three hours long, but in the bit, there's a bit just after they do the bomb where the pace slows the fuck down. And we were talking about this after and, and we're saying, I think the, the issue is if you think it's a movie about making the bomb, yeah if it's not and it's a film about Oppenheimer's life which it is then it was always going to slow down after that point <clears throat> and then you get into the fucking weeds of what happened afterwards yeah that's it if you if, if the problem is it has to speed up so much to that uh, if you think that that is the crescendo it's not necessarily mm, yeah um, I think it's the thing is, it's already three hours long, so they can't go explaining who everybody is. But I think there is a bit of, to, to, to use a you guys' phrase, it's a bit inside baseball about physics. And it's like, there's there's a lot of stuff where you're like, they're like, oh my God, it's blah, 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 blah. And it's like, I don't know who the fuck that is. Cool. I'm going to have to go study like the history of like theoretical physics to know who everyone is and then rewatch this movie. But it's one of the few times that we get to on, on, these, um, on this podcast where I've read the book and you haven't. 
Have you read American Pamukkas? I read it on holiday. Once did I? It's not a holiday read, you fucking weirdo. I read, it, I read it the same holiday as I read the um, Sean Don't Penn just biography. You, can't you, you, read. you read American Prometheus? Yeah, I read, I read American Prometheus. That's a Sean fucking Penn biography great. And a Robert De Niro biography on the same holiday. He's lying, Ian. He can't read. <laughs> That's fucking great. I would have thought you would have listened to the audio book by Paulie Shaw. I, I, I would have listened to the audio book by Paulie Shaw. No, it's canon that you can't read. What? It's canon. <laughs> you can't go, like, subverting that now. He he spent $20,000 on Cameo <laughs> just getting Paulie Shaw to do bits of American Prometheus. Honestly, if, if 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 I have become wealthy, I will offer. <laughs> hey, Paul, Paulie, Shaw. do you want to read some books for me? <laughs> Paul, will you read this to me? <laughs> oh, him actually yeah, in we'll person. Put, we'll put on YouTube like a big old bedtime story thing. Yeah. It'd be great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I think I think there is a bit of like it, it would possibly. Yeah, we got all smart for like three seconds there. Yeah, well done. <laughs> I think it would maybe have more richness if I knew all the people. Um, but it doesn't. It just plain does not have time to explain who everybody is. So I, I can forgive it for that. Um, my my failings are not the film's failings. Um, but yeah, everyone, everyone that's in this, with the exception of possibly one person, brings their absolute fucking a game. Who doesn't? With the exception of about three minutes, Emily Blunt. She has that bit where she talks to the. Uh, Jason Clark. Hmm? Jason Clark. Yeah, yeah. When when she's talking to the God, what is it? The hearing. Mm. And then she has yeah. the bit where she doesn't shake that fat man's hand at the end, and they're the only good bits of her in it. They 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 those bits save her in this film. It's an awfully short save for an awfully long film. Doesn't really. That's a fair it. comment. It's a no. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. I get I, that. I think she's fucking weak in this. Um, oh fuck! Do I turn this to a four point five? <laughs> Sorry, you, you, no, you're talking me into it though, Bex, because no, you're right. I, think, I don't think you can like. I don't it's not the film's fault that she's not great, though. She's just not great, and she's not a big enough part of the of the she narrative. Wasn't a big enough part of his life. Well, no, she's not a big enough part of the narrative for me for it to have spoiled anything. But the point I'm making mm. is, everyone else is so so good that you notice her not being more. I think Florence Pugh, as as limited time as she gets, she commands the scenes that she has. She is. If I were him, I would have tried a little bit harder with Florence Pugh. Like, just, I'll make you love me. Yeah, but he had, <laughs> you know, to, he had just... to get off the commie train, didn't he? Yeah, I suppose so. But, gee, God damn. Um, I think, yeah, I think she, she brings an absolute vibrancy to every scene that she's in in this despite she's so it, memorable given despite the fact she's in maybe three scenes three or four scenes it's the first thing i've seen of her where she is um uh, an aggressor rather than a passive character and mm. she's very fucking good here mm, mm. yeah she's she's definitely she's carving out a nice niche for herself for sure um but yeah killian murphy fantastic um even Kenneth Branagh, like he he doesn't get much screen time, but he is very memorable in it as well. Um, one slight misstep, I think, was the I said this to you last night was Albert Einstein. I think because he's been so 
absorbed into popular culture. He, anytime he turns up in anything, he feels like a parody. But that's because the problem is they turned him into a figure of fun. Mm. So, yeah. George, what do you think? Right, so I've been thinking about the best way to try and get my thoughts across with this one and like I haven't really stopped thinking about Oppenheimer since I saw it and I'm nearly a week detached from it so that is something like not only is it like Chris Nolan's like most mature and I'd say most like composed piece of work to date like I, I do think it's his best like uh, and what really? I do find strange, yeah, I mean, and what I do find strange is that this this film has been like it has this label of blockbuster on it, and when I'm when I'm looking at the film's content, um, I mean, its scale, its scope, and themes are big for me. But like, if this is a blockbuster, it's redefining the term because if this is what we can expect from a blockbuster, it makes blockbusters, all of the blockbusters, look weak. Like, and and, and the films that. I like, but and sitting watching this, being awestruck by it, it makes like the crop of films that call themselves blockbusters, and I'm I'm mostly looking at that comic book slate of everything. It makes me like them less, because like this is visually stimulating. It's emotionally, it's intellectually stimulating, and the thing is, it it and it's taken taken Nolan however many films to get here, because he. He's always been the thinking man's mainstream filmmaker, but he does make hugely plot-driven movies, and this is character study. It, it feels different, and yeah, it's made me want more of this. Like, I know you've got, we've got, like, you've got a scene on the show about some films being like eating vegetables, and damn if this isn't a case for saying that vegetables are nutritious, nutritious and delicious, and. Nah, Think mate. This is vegetables with fucking butter. That's what oh, this is. <laughs> this, this, this is, this is a, this is a dish where you you are eating it going that fucking bring it on. I, I, do you know what? Don't even need fucking steak. That's it. So I mean, like I've been served so many greasy burgers over the last few years, and like especially on that bigger budget scale of Hollywood's output. Like I, I, I think I've got used to them a bit. And I got into a bit of a rut, but like now I'm sort of like happy to go on a bit of a diet. Like, but, but, but and yeah, and and George, this is the thing. This is the hope that I have from the fact that this film has done so well is that maybe we will get some of that buttered broccoli. Well, the, the, what, yeah. what I'll say on that when we were walking in uh, to the cinema uh, to watch it last night, there was a a, a group of about. Eight, maybe nineteen or twenty-two year olds, and in my brain, um, I was like, "Right, they're clearly going to barbie." They were, they, they, they looked absolutely a hundred percent like they were going to barbie. They were sat in the seats in front of us, and it was just, I was like, oh, "All right." And one of the lads in that group um, got his phone out. And was looking at his phone for something, and one of the other lads leaned forward, looked down at him, and just went, "Tom, put your phone away. I'll get the fuck out." And then sat back. <laughs> and the guy who did that was honestly, if 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 you'd have shown me, if you'd have shown me a picture of him and said, "Name all the films that are coming out this summer and tell me which one you think he's going to see," Oppenheimer would have been last. <laughs> 
Mm. Yeah, and it's like, I think I was listening to The Watch, and a bit more than you said, Ian, I listened to The Watch, and they were talking about, like, I hope there's an overreaction to this success. Like, I hope people take it even more and say, right, okay, we we can make more of these. Because and I, I do feel like I'm coming on and, like, for me, like, pure entertainment only gets you so far, if that makes sense. It's like, even though I enjoy my time with them, I mean, I, I, I really wish I could have this experience a couple of times a year. Because, yeah. I, I mean, I do think this is this mm-hmm. is towering, demanding cinema. And, like, although I sat there and I really enjoyed MI uh, Dead Reckoning, like, I'd rather have that film not exist and just, just watch some more of these. Yeah, I, I think I'm very much with you on that, John. I was absolutely from from moment one. Like, like you said, that in I, I think it you do feel like you've watched a three hour movie, but in a in a sense of it fucking the three hours for me flew by, and if 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 at the end of it. Um, like fucking Chris Nolan would have come out and gone, Oh, by the way, there's a five hour cut of this. If anyone wants to stay and watch yeah. it, I'd have been like, Can I go for a quick pee and then come back? I, I would have just fucking lapped it up. The first, I think at one point, I, I, I had my watch on the theatre mode so the screen doesn't light up. But I at one point did just tap it and have a look and was like, Holy fucking shit. I'm an hour and a half in. And I genuinely thought that I was maybe 35, 40 minutes in. It's one of those, like, also, it's like, I, mm. I, I didn't read or watch anything um, on the film before seeing it. And, like, the, obviously, the first question you asked me and when we were texting, you were like, how was the last hour? And, like, I, I instantly thought, yeah, that's going to be the discourse on this movie. Like, the fact that Trinity happens before hour two and people would have expected it to, to climax with that. But that, that that's probably the best decision for me because it's the fallout and it's what happened after that that I think is fascinating. It's a politicking that came after. And it, like, I always, the, the, the momentum forward is always what gets you. But I always, I mean, I'm going to talk about, only because it came on Sky movies on Friday, but Babylon, like, the first hour and a half of that movie is so frantic and so entertaining that it does capture you. But then, obviously, it's the, too bad you have the other hour and a half. But, yeah, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> but I actually find that next hour and a half more interesting because it's the downslide of that career and like it's yeah. I, I think maybe you were the same on that one as well, girls. <laughs> so I, I always find the the aftermath more interesting than the event, and the fact that we get into that courtroom. And to be honest, I. I there was part of me that actually thought Rami Malek, the best actor winner of the last five years, was going to be in this film for like literally two minutes. Fuck. I, yeah. That's fucking incredible. If Rami Malek just did that because he was like, fuck it, I want to be in a Nolan film, I'll be in it for two minutes. Hey, I need to reconsider Rami Malek. Good on him. He literally, he he, he said that um, when he was offered it, so I saw an interview with him and he said, he, was, he said basically... He, Chris Nolan called him and said, I want you to be in in, in Oppenheimer. He said, and I said, yes. He said, but wait, 
it's a relatively small role, and his and his response was, "I don't care." Oh, good for he was like, hey. "I just, I just, I want to." And apparently, um, he he was on set loads because he like he said he just wanted to be there and just watch how the whole process worked, and but like not try and get involved, but just sort of from from afar. Just be allowed to just be able to watch what was happening uh, because he just loves it so much. And oh, apparently, he was the same on Bond. He just, he, he just, he really likes the way that the filmmaking happens. The more, the more I see about that dude, he's. I think that the only thing that I'm going to end up not liking him for is Bohemian Rhapsody because everything else, he just comes across as a good dude. That's that's great. I, it, it it was wild because it was like he tries to hand him that clipboard. I was like, oh, okay, so there's Rami Malek. So he's going to be a part of the film. And is it literally nothing until he's then in yeah, that he, hearing? He's, he's in it until until the hearing. Um, and it, wild. And but then you've got the same thing of you know if, if you were to just say to people just the, the the cast list of people who were in it, just that, and then you were to say. Right, so out of that cast list, who do you think the main four or five stars are? You would probably get Matt Damon, Killian Murphy, Robert Downey Jr., which should be fine, and people would be right there. But then I think people would also say, well, Casey Affleck, Rami Malek, Kenneth Branagh. I don't think people would as much say Jason Clarke, Benny Safdie, um, Dane DeHaan. Uh, within that, even people like you know, um, what's his name, uh, Macon Blair, probably gets more screen time than some of the bigger names. Mm. It, like it's, and it's also kind of relevant to the world that we live in now as well. Like it's interesting to see the role that scientists and ac- academics are playing in big political quandaries. And like in that final hour, we get to see that, even though the world has changed. It's still fueled by human pettiness, and <laughs> yes, it's. What do we get now? We have politicians. I mean, yeah, it's a hot subject, but like climate change, we've got. I mean, people saying that vaccines aren't whatever, even though scientists. It's. It's how we're treating these people who can actually mould our world and our understanding and. Just because we don't agree with them, make them feel like they're nothing. But yeah, for me, it is. It's my film of the year. If something actually takes over this, um, this year, I will be mightily, mightily, um, surprised. I, I it's one of those where I, I want to see it again in IMAX, but I can't get a ticket, and it's killing me. It's 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 films doing really well. I'm pleased for it, but. It's that moral like frustration of I just want to see it again, and it'll be one of those like it's a four K disc first day buy then rewatch. Mm. Yeah, I'm I'm very much the same as you, John. It's um, I was I, I I tempered my expectations before I went in, um, and was like right, just I need to bring myself down because I'm going in expecting film of the year. And that isn't how you should go into a film. 
Um, you should go to a film, every film, hoping they're going to be your film of the year. But you should never go to a film expecting, well, no, this this is going to be my film of the year. It's not Dungeons um, and Dragons, Mark. It's not Dungeons and Dragons, <laughs> Becky, no. Um, but, but from about five minutes in, I was very much like, all right, I'm, I'm going to be okay, I think. Um, and then it, it just it kept going and it was I was just fascinated by it all mm. and the whole the, the bounce around and the fact that I I, I I both agree with your point Becky about the, the fact that it's, it's quite inside baseball mm. I do agree with that and I, 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 I absolutely it's the point but I, I also if you don't know your physics superstars then you know I also do enjoy the fact that that Nolan very much even with his, with films where where it's not based on real hmm. things that happened, but within within his other films, he doesn't. Uh, for instance, Interstellar, there's no big explanation for what happened. You you are just dropped into a world where you don't not really told when it is or anything like that. But you're dropped into a world where food is becoming sparse. The okra, Mark. Um, They're losing the okra. And. Um, I also worried a little bit that sometimes when you've got this many recognisable people in a film, that mm. that can sometimes be a bit distracting because it can sometimes be a consistent fucking just flick a book of the yeah. DiCaprio meme. But the fact is, they're not recognisable Hollywood stars. They're recognisable like character actors. Mm. <laughs> and, you know, it was... When I I had forgotten so many of them were in, so like when um, Dan Dahan turned up, I was like, "Holy shit!" I'd kind of forgotten Dan Dahan was a thing, and he was literally in every film for like eighteen months at one I point. I wish he did more now. Um, but I, I like the fact that the reason do you know the reason why he hasn't done more? No. Because um, his white he he basically said I had two years where I was constantly on film sets, and that's when my wife had. Uh, our kids yeah and so I basically went do you know what I'm going to have three or four years off where I'm going to be the, the parent and she can go off and do things fair enough uh, and then it was like I really enjoyed just being the parent <laughs> really yeah um, got nannies also great to see Josh Hartnett yeah I loved that uh, but in an actual like role a role yeah not, yeah good role not him kind of setting himself up a little mm. bit, which I think he was a little bit in Operation yeah, Fortune. Yeah, but and we just get yeah, but I, I, he's he's really really good in it. The thing is, everyone is really good in this. Everyone feels like fully fleshed out people. And um, my point that I was making about it being a bit inside baseball was not. It doesn't. De- <laughs> It doesn't detract from it being a good film if you don't know who they are. I feel like it would just make it a richer experience if you did. But it do, you don't need to. No. Like, the, the, the film ticks along quite nicely without you knowing exactly what all of these people's achievements were. were sorry. But you'd just probably be able to go, oh, that's the guy that did blah, and make that mental kind of... You'd have a bit more from it. Yeah. But there's plenty there without knowing. Like, it's just... it's so brilliantly done that you don't need to know but I think sometimes when, when you have a film like that that the what it can do that is so special is it can make you want to learn more about that 
yeah. yeah. It's like I've I've actually downloaded American Prometheus and started reading it because I was that fascinated by it and I was like, mm. you know what? I want to know more. How is it from a readability point of view? Um, I'm already a little bit into it, but it's it is readable. I'm not a huge non-fiction reader, so I always mm. do find that a little bit difficult. But it, it it's all right. It's. I'm gonna I'm gonna download a sample, and then see how I get on with it on Kindle, and then maybe buy it in real life. You know, like glue and paper. Yeah. If it's if it's good. Yeah, it, I I I I think it's a it, it's a fantastic piece of work, um, and I'm very glad that it didn't that I didn't go in there and like come out of it and go, it's good, but I I just was too high. My expectations too high. Mm. I again, I I might even go and do this again as well <laughs> at the end of the week because yeah. I'm off I'm off this week, so I've got a little bit of time. If I could, so I could, I could go to a normal screen of it, but I don't want to. I want to go to an iMac screen of it, um, which is yeah. maybe a little bit counterintuitive. But yeah, it's it, and I know they've said about it now. If they're being truthful or not is another thing. But the fact that it, it has been emphasised that there's no visual effects in this no, movie it, is what? is kind there's of there's no computer generated visual effects. We, 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 no, but as I say, it's like not even some green screen outside of a window. You know what I mean? It's not that's where it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, the Hoyt Van Hoyten is he is a fucking brilliant um, cinematographer. Yeah. It's it, without it ever trying to take freight from anything, it is a really rich looking film. Mm. And the black yeah. and white IMAX works gorgeously. Um, and the, the score is fucking great. I, I, I've listened to the score about three times since I've seen it, actually, it's on iTunes. The, the, that's the thing. Is I, I, I am not somebody who normally listens to scores outside of films. Um, I know a lot of people do, but I, I personally, I can't uh, do that. It just doesn't, it doesn't click with me in the same way. Mm. But I have with this. Yeah. I was listening to it today while I was making cookies. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's some Kennedy right there, Mark. <laughs> so Kodak developed some special film for this film, didn't they? Yeah. Black and white IMAX stuff. Mm. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, it, also it will be a, a day one 4K disc purchase. Physical disc? Yeah. Yeah. I might, I, I might even buy a 4K player for it because I can then watch <laughs> it downstairs on the, the OLED. Or you could just take the PlayStation 5 downstairs. Uh, that takes effort. <laughs> Man, I love that. I, I can absolutely get involved with the, with, with the logic of that. And, oh, I've got to take that downstairs, which means I've got to take it back up. Wires. If I just get one, I can plug it in there and I can leave it there. <laughs> Hang on, I've got a, a beautiful scenario Mark, why don't you sell George your 4K player and then use that money plus the money from selling your PlayStation 4 to buy a PlayStation 5? Why are you so desperate for us to get a PlayStation 5? Because you, you would fucking enjoy it, Becky. Yeah, that, literally, it. that's why. I can't even why. finish a game unless it's called Alan Wake at the moment. So, But Alan Wake 2 is coming out in October and it's not on the PS4. That, that, that reminds me so much about the Alan Wake. So I remember watching... 
E3 when that was announced, and I was like, this looks amazing. Oh, shit. This yeah. looks amazing. <laughs> I mean, it's been, yeah, I mean, God, decade, if not longer. I remember playing that game because I was so buzzed for it and just being so disappointed. Oh, really? But, but, but again, this is years and years ago. I might play it today and think it's great, but hey, he's me. I mean, well, is, I, Alan, I, think, Alan, I think Last of Us Part 2 is the greatest computer game story ever and you two can't even film, finish the even game. It's that bit where you're just going through the fucking gardens. I cannot get past it. It's, it's like, there's only so many fucking gardens I can go through. Well, I... I... I, I'm guessing. I just all... don't like Dina. I'm just gonna drop that and run away. But yeah, you sorry. sorry. I don't like Dina. <laughs> so I guess we're all definitely not showing Oppenheimer. Just remember, we've got a third film we need to review. Yeah, definitely yeah, shit. yeah. <laughs> uh, definitely shit. 77%. Touching cloth. Zero percent. Shit. Fifteen percent. Geostorm. Eight percent. They clone Tyrone. <laughs> Is. Written directed by... We're, we're, we're not doing what else we've been up to this week, then, are we not? We, we can do that after if we want. I can do it now. I mean, I mean, to be fair, or shall we just do the reviews? Because, yeah, thinking about it, it's quarter past eight. I, I, I watched two movies that were the movies we watched. I watched one of the worst movies I've ever watched. Well, now you have to do that. What have you got to Becky? No, 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 no. Let's do it next week. Let's do it next week. Yeah. Just talk about two things. Yes. One is... Yes, you can. Under Siege. I can never seen Under Siege before. The fact Ooh. that they have... Oh, shit. <laughs> the fact that they have Steven Seagal and Tommy Lee Jones in the same scene together is yeah. frankly criminal. Like, you have one person who shouldn't have a <laughs> movie career at any point and one of my favourite actors of all time. And it's just like, one is... has personality and charisma and... and like... I haven't seen that many Seagal films. It's one of the, like those blind spots which I don't really care about because it's Seagal. But like watching him, even in his heyday, it's painful. Yeah, he's not. He's, he's so he's so bad. Not very good. And like yeah, so yeah, Under Siege wasn't great. It, if he didn't have Tom Lee Jones and Gary Busey in it, it would be probably unwatchable. The other is, and I know I've talked about it a bit, and I've, I I always feel really. Um, conscious about talking in the boy chat, but The Bear Season 2, it is TV, but it is a special show yeah, if you aren't watching good. it. It's one of those things where, do you know when you, you know you, you're being annoying by going on and on and on about it, and you you, you feel like you're probably upping everybody's um, <laughs> hatred for it because you're going on about it for so much and maybe even over-egging it, but that show is something else, and especially that second season, it's, it's practically perfect television, and the way it pays off for some characters throughout that season is, um, it's magical. It's the final five from season episode six to episode ten. Like each episode had me in tears, like probably like like Lauren was coming down saying, "What the hell is wrong with you? Like why are you weeping?" It it it's it, it's beautiful, like really stressful, really anxious, but unbelievable television because I was enjoying it but you weren't were you Bex? nah I don't come whereas I was quite enjoying it but I've not been watching it because you I thought you still wanted to watch it but you're, you're right bowing out aren't you I think so I, might, I, I, I will continue on that one though. What, what, it, what that second season does with just understanding purpose and that's what I'm going to say is like it just has that theme going on and like episode 6 of season 2 is like just that episode, you understand why people are the way they are. And it's how that 
episode is shot and acted and like to be honest who they've got in that episode is a bit mental as well but yeah it's it, it, it is the best thing on television at the moment I mean and, and by a country mile nice I'm, I'm going to get back on it uh, yeah I only watched two movies this week I'll talk about next who that why we got to do this <laughs> <laughs> ain't no way damn dope. it ain't no way Ain't no way she gets Jesus with your daughter. You sending ghosts to a pimp? Ain't no money, man. Ain't no way. You got five seconds. How does it be? There's got to be a logical explanation to this. Y'all see the shit? Man, three of them will bust your shit open. And open the damn door. You know why I'm here? I think we got more pressing issues to talk about. And what's that? They shot your ass. Where the money at? Do you not remember getting lit the fuck up? You should be breathing through some tubes right now. Look, I don't have time you took for it. all this. Fontaine, you took it. You took it. You came in here, you went to my haberdasheries, you passed up on my beige bitch, and you went outside and you pulled a 50 cent. They Clone Tyrone is written and directed by Jewel Taylor and stars John Boyega, Jamie Foxx, um, Tenor, uh, Paris, Keith Sutherland, and a few other people. Uh, what is it about? Let's find out. They clone Tyrone. A series of eerie events thrust an unlikely trio onto the trail of a nefarious government conspiracy in this pulpy mystery caper. Ian, they clone Tyrone. What did you reckon? Uh, so this film is like Jordan Peele watched Black Dynamite and was like, yeah, all right. Let's do one of those. Um, I really, really, really liked they cloned Tyrone. Um, it's a film that is out of time. Um, it you know, there's nineties computers. It kind of has a graininess that kind of looks like it was shot in the 70s. They're making references that are more contemporary. Um, but then, that you know, the LA bit at the end felt quite 90s. Um, I just love the, it, I love the fact that all the way through it, you're like, yeah, but who's Tyrone? <laughs> yep, yep. Um, I forgot that they were calling him Fontaine all the way through. Um, and I just like, I was like, so what is his name? Fontaine Tyrone or Tyrone Fontaine. So that at the end was fucking incredible. Um, Slick Charles is <laughs> now one of my best friends. Um, he fucking rules. Jamie Foxx in this film is, God, I hope Jamie Foxx is okay. Obviously, he's had that health scare and nobody really seems to know he's, what actually happened. He's okay. He's come out and done like a thank you for all the kind words, but I'm okay. Video. Yeah, yeah. And I, the other I, thing is, I suppose it, we, we have to respect the fact that if he doesn't want people to know exactly what the health problem was, we don't really have any right to know. But it's like, it's obviously been something relatively serious. I think it's just people just want him to be okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and, and, and and yeah, like he's that 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 dude is a treasure and he shows that in this. It's I I just thought it was a really entertaining pulpy yarn 
that was black dynamite if with a more serious socio-political like edge to it really intrigued to see what you guys thought i i, I had a great time uh, George, what did you think it's just a great little bit of satire isn't it like it, it doesn't really say anything that we've not seen before but you don't care because it's done in such a unique and like entertainingly stylish way like it's got some crazily snappy and at times hilarious dialogue brilliant performances i mean i think the, actually the all three of them it, it, it's probably the best actually i've seen john boyega mm. uh, in a film and like that aesthetic it's it is stunning like it's like the film grain not even like looking like it was shot on 35 but on like some dirty 16 millimeter <laughs> it, it, it great i mean really good it's like it's really assured like that like for a debut and like as you said, it's like, it is like Jordan Peele, but again, I don't think this film exists without Jordan Peele and what he's been making uh, over the last few years. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, what what is her line? It's like, which she's saying like this this isn't like missionary shit. This is like sex dungeon people getting choked shit. It's just absolutely. It, I think it's full of that, and it's there's, there's so much of it that I think I've actually, I didn't actually catch all of it, and it's. And I don't, to be honest, I don't know if I would have watched it if I wasn't coming on the show, because it's just one of those that has, unfortunately, been drowned out a bit by Barbenheimer. And you can see, yeah. you can see in three, four years' time, this getting rediscovered and being seen as, well, the, the sort of like little cult gem that it is. And I say, I mean, it's only been out for, God, four days, so it's called something cult, but it definitely has that vibe to it. And hopefully the fact that Barbenheim has came out, it doesn't have an effect on the Netflix views and then the career of the the, the, the filmmaker because I would love to see what they do next. Bex, what did you think to Thay Club Tyro? You, you, were, you were quite pumped for this, weren't you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was... Because uh, I, I would have watched it without you because I didn't know whether you were bothered about it, but then it turned out you were, which was great. Um... I think I think it's just it it manages to both be quite a politically charged comment on society whilst also being like it says a bit of a pulpy noir mystery kind of movie at the same time you can watch it on two different levels you can just be entertained by it but at its core you know it's tackling the dilution of other cultures by us basically just white people just wanting to make everyone else homogenous um and and the um deliberate keeping of certain things in the status quo so that they can be observed and so that they can be controlled like the opioid crisis as an example mm. is something that has largely within sort of normal working class neighbourhoods, not, you know, your fucking ladies that lunch that just take fucking opioids to take them. But within working class neighbourhood that is that is kind of a manufactured epidemic. Oh, yeah. Um and it, it it allows control over a class of people that people in power want to control. Mm. And this this 
comments on that, which is a very, very serious subject. But also it's fun and Slick Charles is a pimp and he's got a funny suit on. So, like, it's... It, 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 it's... It's serving you your vegetables, but in like a real kind of like. It's like the Donna Summer for vegan food. Like I, it's it's fast I, food, but not but like. It, it's a deep shit. fried vegetable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like when it when it like towards the end where it's like they're freeing all the clones and there's like the heavy conversations about what the actual conspiracy plot is mm. and it cuts to that guy he's just got his feet up on the desk on the phone going like yeah bring bring people down it you never guess where i am i'm underground i'm underground baby <laughs> let's go <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. I because like the first line he says in the film is, is "man, it's wall." <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think I think it, it it straddles that line really well to manage to be a social commentary and a really entertaining movie. So yeah, it's a massive, massive success for me. This film. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm pissed off it came out in the weekend of Barbenheimer because I feel like it probably could could have been a bit of a thing I, I think, I think this, online. This will end up getting... It'll have a point where somebody will go, hang on a minute, while we were all impressed with this, this fucking thing happened mm. and it's really fucking cool. I, I, I do think it'll end up getting its time. It's... I had a great time with this. It's mm. a great looking movie. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, it's got such a vibe to it. Um, I the weird thing is, whenever I see Boyega in anything that isn't Star Wars or or him being interviewed in something, he's completely different to how you imagine him to be. He's really, really good, and he's really fucking charismatic, and. He nails an accent in this where yeah. you just... It, it doesn't falter at any point. It is absolutely consistent throughout. And he, he just... It's weird that he's almost playing the kind of straight guy in between uh, Tiona Paris and uh, Jimmy Fox. Yeah. Where they're playing almost like the virtual caricatures I think she's fucking great as Yo-Yo. Well, the thing is, I I just noticed that she's in um, the Ms. Marvel. Marvels? The Marvels? Uh, Oh, is she? Yeah. Um, Fuck. Monica Rambeau? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That's now made me go, all right, yeah, fucking all in on that movie. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking day one, screening one, there we fucking go. She's also in, um, whatchamacallit as well. What? Uh, Fuck, what's it called? WandaVision. Yeah, I can give you that. Um, I'm not that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I had a great time with this. Um, I think it's it, it's a weirdly great bit of casting having Keita Sullivan be the the, the, the <laughs> evil fucking white dude who basically just has to talk. Yeah. And it, it's just it, he seems like he's having a great time playing just like the piece of shit. He's having, he's having a great time playing Kiefer Sutherland of the early 90s. Yeah. That's it what is. he was in every single film. It is. It's that. It, mm. I mean, it's just... It's got that mixture of, like you said, like Jack Hill vibes, but also real kind of like 
just like quite an early 90s vibe where you had mm. um, you know the Spike Lee influenced new wave of, of, of black cinema um, that, that had between kind of 89 and like 94 mm. where uh, black cinema had, 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 a, had a new uh, sort of mini voice that, that came out there uh, for a while because uh, it, it hadn't had it, it as much in the 80s whereas it had uh, had a, a, a basic exposure within the 70s and yeah, just had a really, really fucking good time with it. Um, it what, I, what I always like is when I'm watching like a film like this that is not not necessarily a a big movie or anything like that. It's a relatively sort of small movie that I'm watching. That I, I always like watching stuff like this. Watching and going, I fucking know Ian's really vibing with bits of this. <laughs> <laughs> I know that he will be will be liking the fact that fucking Slick Charles won't drink juice anymore. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. And I, I I cannot remember. There's a line in the film by Slick Charles. I can't remember it that he says to Yo Yo or Yo Yo says to him that had me in absolute stitches. But we had to watch it in two bits. We watched the first half of it last night, the rest of it this afternoon, didn't we? Yeah, we did. It was like it's quite a nice treat though, because like we, we only stopped watching it because you were really tired, weren't you? It was like half one in the morning. Yeah, it was. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it was nice to have something to go back to. You know, like oh, I want to finish that. Like fuck yeah, we get to finish that. Yeah, it was really fun. It's it's just a really good movie. And if, yeah, if for anyone out there who yeah, just get to it as quick as you can because it's such a great vibe. Um, definitely not shit. Definitely not shit. Uh, will probably be in my at least my surprises of the year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, our audience poll, oh, 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 well, <laughs> definitely shit zero percent, touching cloth thirty three percent, and shit sixty seven percent. Wow. Yeah, it's what fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> All your fans are racist. <laughs> We've only had one question this week, uh, but we are all. I didn't say that. What? <laughs> I didn't say that. Um, <laughs> yeah, sorry. Dylan Blackletton says, fill in the blanks. I have become blank, destroyer of blanks. Um, I have become the... Um, I very much wish destroyer of Florence's pew. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yours is, I have become destroyer of Florence's pew. No, I very much wish the destroyer of Florence's game. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna assume that I can be, but. Bex, what's yours? Oh God, I don't know. That's a really good question. George, what's yours? I have become Ken, destroyer of the patriarchy. <laughs> Is that Barbie too? Where he realises he took things too far. <laughs> also, the line in Barbie when he was like, "I, I was learning about the about the um, patriarchy," but then like when I found it wasn't about horses, I kind of lost interest. That is so good. <laughs> I am the I liked as well. I need to go. I'm paraphrasing, but like, I need to go in this library. I need to find a book about horses or something like that. Or trucks. Was it trucks? Fuck, that's great. Did you actually realise, you know, the old woman that 
she talks to at the bus stop um, in it, which is like, you're beautiful. Yeah. That is actually Barbie Barbara. Handler. Yeah, Barbie Handler. Yeah. I didn't realise that. Oh, shit, really? Yeah, that, 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 that's who Barbie was actually modelled after. That's pretty okay. That's pretty cool that the the woman who created Barbie actually gets to see. No, the, the, no, no, that, no, 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 that, no. That is Barbie. Oh. That's not the woman. That, that's the daughter. That Barbie was modelled after Ruth. Oh, daughter. she's the daughter. Yeah. Well, still, that's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah. I have become plant owner, destroyer of carbon dioxide. There we go. Too many plants. <laughs> I, I, you, I have become I, I I have become dog dad destroyer of all things masculine because I love my dog. <laughs> to be honest, I could have said that I I have become plant owner destroyer of plants. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we've got a real poorly one at the moment, Jordan. It's really upsetting. We have twenty two plants, Becky. Uh, twenty four, thank 24, you. Twenty four, is it now? I, I have become Mark destroyer of baked goods because I've been doing way too much baking this week. Yeah, but you're not destroying them. No, or maybe destroying really them in good. a really good way. Yeah, no, I meant that in a good way. Oh, okay. Yeah. I've done some good baking. I've done some good baking, yeah. I don't know what you're going to tell me how to bake next, but I'll do it. I'll think of something. <laughs> uh, Ian, what are we covering next week? <laughs> next week we are... Fucking turtles, on, baby. Uh, Is it? Yeah. Comes out on Monday. Well, it comes out. That comes out on Monday. Ooh. Are you, are, are uh, you, are you covering on... Joyride? When's that out? Friday on PVOD. On oh, PVOD. Oh. Oh, is. Oh, I totally forgot something. What? So remember, I was saying that the majority of my screening of Barbie uh, was young kids. Yeah. Yeah, they accidentally played the Red Band trailer for Joyride. <laughs> nice, oh, that's good. Do you know what happened in our screening? What? So about half past one, so just towards the end of the movie, yeah. some very, very noisy people came in. What seats are we in? What row are we in? Oh, we're in this row. Oh, go on, then you go down there. God, they said it didn't start till two o'clock. Maybe it doesn't start till two. It's half past one. It's the previous one, you fucking cunts. <laughs> It's good. Um, yeah, so that happened. Talk to me. Um, yeah, talk to me's out on Friday. That's what I was. Yeah, that that that's why I was gonna go with. Um, the thing is with turtles. I think Lottie wants to see turtles. She's at a uh, summer camp thing during the day next week. So I think week, we might that. need. Yeah, turtles and Meg too. Is a good double bill. I, I feel like for the week release. after. Well, you can see turtles on day of release. We just can't talk about it for over a week. Like an embargo. I mean, I mean, you can talk. You can. can I, talk I mean, to if Mark you guys want to talk about turtles, no. well, <laughs> like, actually, to be to be fair, to be fair, we need to talk about the recording of that week because the the week of the Meg two, the Wednesday. I am at the Cardiff City versus Colchester United first round of the Carabao Cup. So this is the first of my football disrupting ske- uh, recording schedules. So um, it, it maybe we need to record on the Sunday or something of that, which means you only have to wait wait six days, not nine days, to record about turtles. We'll, we'll work that out. <laughs> 
just noticed as well there's a 4k restoration of the virgin suicides show in our cine world so we might be going to that as well if i can drag mark along you quite like the virgin suicide it's got josh hartnett in it yeah 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 uh, but we'll, we'll definitely do, do talk to me we'll definitely be doing talk yes. to me uh yeah we'll be doing there'll, there'll be films we'll be chatted uh well thank you very much joy for joining us uh always a pleasure having you on the show Thanks for having me. Enjoyed it. Uh, Admiral Art House, we salute you. <laughs> thank you much, Rebecca. Thanks very much, Mark. And thank you much, Ian. Independent Igloo, we salute you. Oh, Ian, just one last thing. You'll be really happy to know. Ghostbusters is coming on Netflix next week. You know that one you really like? Which? Oh, uh, Afterlife. Yeah, no. Are you talking about the four-star movie, Ghostbusters Afterlife? <laughs> Go fuck yourself, Gordon, Jordan <laughs> Restrepo <laughs> McGrath. Thank you for listening, good guys, movie. and we shall speak to you next week. Bye. What, what can Jason Reitman do? I mean, he can go fuck himself, and Jordan and I are going to play some online golf. <laughs> Bye. 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 Doesn't seem to matter what I do I'm always number two No one knows how hard I tried Oh, oh, I I have feelings that I can't explain Driving me insane All my life been so polite But I'll sleep alone tonight 